this is Brad from Devourment. What's up? This is Chris from Devourment. You're listening to the Phantasm Podcast. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's great. And tell our listening to Phantasm, the podcast that sells horror movies and metal together with your host, Corey Gorechrist, and Dr. Vincent West. Get your movie collection ready and follow along as they review the latest restoration of cult classic horror films and interview the sickest bands in metal. Sell the metal! Sell the metal! Sell the metal! Sell the metal! Broadcasting from an abandoned morgue in an undisclosed location and blood streaming everywhere, this is Batman. And now you're despicable hosts. Welcome to the Phantasm Podcast. I'm Corey Gorkreis. With me, Dr. Vincent West. My man, what's up? What's up, everybody? How we doing? And it's it's good to see you out. You know, we're it is good to see you out. (laughs) We got a Richard Haynes film here. Lloyd, this is fucking cool. We've never done a trauma film on here, and this is a pretty damn good one. We never did Toxic Avenger. Never have. That's a shame. I have all of them. We haven't done any trauma. I'd love to do some of these. You know what's weird? This is a great first film, though. Before we get, we're getting right into a doctor vault. What do we got? I have not seen this since this. I rented this on VHS. This is that we're watching Splatter University. First, you were frightened by the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Then you were terrorized by Halloween. And now, prepare to be pulverized, traumatized, and hospitalized by Splatter U. More horrifying than you could possibly imagine. Unlike anything you've ever seen. Hey guys, let's party! Splatter University where the school colors are blood red and not only classes are cut. Han, if you think you're funny, you're not! At Splatter U, everyone parties and has a ball. At Splatter U, it's not whether you pass or fail, but whether you live. Or die. Yes, at Splatter U, the only requirement is survival. Splatter U, it's the only education you'll ever need. Enroll now at a theater near you and earn a higher degree in terror. Splatter U. And uh, it's 1984. This is actually shot in 81. Um... It looks like a porno. Yeah, and it clocked in around 65 minutes. 13 minutes of additional scenes with students were filmed the next year to increase the running time, uh, which is at Mercy College where this was filmed. Um, the print's pretty grimy in this, but I love it. I think this well, that looks it looks better it. now. Yeah, it it's, goes on and off. I think, but this now this is Vinegar Syndrome. Uh, you know. Look at what they're working with. Yeah, but I bet this great. thing was print damaged all the hell. Oh, I'm sure. And I'm sure it's reeled real. But it still looks really good. And we saw in the. Uh, there's my brother. Uh, we saw um, uh, there's different reels. There's like one, two, three, and four, and we'd have to kind of fuck with that later or something. Um, we have devourment on the show. The doctor talked to Chris and uh, Matt. Matt of devourment, it's fucking awesome. Um, 
Very excited. You got Obscene Majesty. It came out August 16th on Relapse Records, their first album in a long time. Uh, you know, definitely go pick it up. This album is uh, the Doctor's album of the month, became his album of the year, and I, it's probably mine too. I really fucking love this record. And it's just brutal, nasty. It's just what you would expect from Devourment, but on top of that. It's, yeah, it's it's so fucking good, and I it's saw unapologetic, them. and it's that's what it's it needs to be, nasty, you know. and it's. You, you said know. they use eight string on this record, correct? Uh, oh yeah, he's a guitar. He nasty. used all kinds of stuff. Like they were, you'll hear it in an interview. There's all kind of want to misquote them or anything. They use lots of right. different cool shit. No Pro Tools, no uh, no doctoring of the tracks, and it's you can tell raw. it on the production. It's, it's it Release. is raw, and that sounds like it too. Uh, they got cognitive sedation, butchery. Uh, guys have probably heard of virulent strain of retaliation and narcissistic paraphilia those are all uh on line right now of course the whole album's out so you can stream it you can download you can buy it do whatever please buy it from them on tour that helps bands the most buying merch for them in person uh probably my favorite track was a arterial spray pattern such as a nasty (laughs) (laughs) then we got the splatter university title on the screen if you guys are following along um, you guys are on the right track. That's where you're at. So, um, uh, sculpted in tyranny, dysmorphic, autophagia. I mean, it's, this album's just fucking disgusting all the way through. And classic devourment stuff. And you know they don't disappoint at all. And I saw them back in Maryland. They're fucking nasty. And I think they, pretty sure, arterial spray patterns is the song they debuted for the first time live. Nice. There, uh, before the album release. So, um, you know, it's good stuff. We got Lloyd Kaufman. Here on the screen, here we fucking love them, and uh, yeah, we we definitely need this first trauma film we delved into, and this was just a distributed uh, trauma film. It's not like a you know, it's not a Lloyd Kaufman or Michael Hur's picture, you know, like a lot of their other stuff. But uh, it's still distributed by trauma, and it definitely is in vein of trauma. This it's a, you tell it's a trauma film, yeah. and I, I remember when they got this picture, uh, Vinegar Syndrome. They were like, we're proud to partner with them to put this release out. Um, and the vinegar guys, of course, did all the dirty work getting this thing cleaned up and all that good stuff. And it looks great. I mean, um, I love any type of, you know, first person stalker murder. That's my shit. Um, yeah. You know, what I don't do is roaches coming out of your eyes and turn into, I just can't do all that stuff. And I, I realize that's horror too, but body horror is not something. If you've listened to this podcast for the past 50 years that we've been on, um, this is my jam. And it's Gore Cross Jam too, and you're seeing yeah. her, you just missed her get jammed. <laughs> oh, she, oh, like she they're, not the fu- they're not fucking around yeah, with this. Right like off the bat. They're already getting She the got the tit jam. I was talking a little bit about Splatter University. It, it came out in 84, but it was. Um, actually filmed in 81 and they did the the filmmakers were originally told they have two weeks to shoot at Mercy College and this was for the ex- <laughs> That's this is for the extra footage after the fact because they needed more time for the running time for this to work um, but the school cut their time by a week so many members of the crew wound up sleeping in the classrooms to ensure the film were finished uh, was finished when students returned to school they were alarmed to find crew members cleaning up fake blood so that was actually a real thing that's pretty goddamn funny um, had a is this of, a Jersey thing or is New York thing or I'm not sure where the filming was I would like to think so with Troma being it probably, did not say um, but like I said it was distributed by Troma but I don't think it was um, you know made by Troma so let's see 
I want Wheelchair Fucker to cut his hair like that dude in the striped shirt. Have you showed this one to Wheelchair Fucker? He owns it. Good. This, this is a Wheelchair Fucker classic right here. This is, like, perfect. Already, this kind of has, like, for me, the vein of, like, Night of the Demons or something. It seems very... It's a very good trauma campy. I like that kind. It's just... Well, yeah. it's just a, it's a straight-up gore fest from what I remember as a kid. Filming <laughs> location, Bellevue Hospital, Manhattan. Sayville, Long Island. Thank you. Hello, suffocation. Uh, New York City and Peace School, New York. The drive-in theater. Uh, I mean, this is the type of stuff that I, I assumed it was. Mercy College is in Dobbs Ferry, New York. So shout out to Doug Dobbs Ferry in New York. I was going to say Terrence Hobbs Ferry. <laughs> yeah, Terrence Hobbs Ferry in uh, 555 Broadway, Doug Dobbs Ferry, New York, USA. That's where Mercy College is. Um, and Sayville, that's amazing. Just go Sayville all the fucking time. That's where all the big car dealerships are. Out in Sayville, New York. Go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> there is... Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah, so this is total trauma right here, the New York stuff. And I figured it was Jersey was the reason I was asking. Yeah. So. It's in, got parts in Long Island in here. It's awesome. You know another bizarre movie that was shot in Pittsburgh She's around the same Jesus time Christ. is that effects movie I have? Yeah, yeah, we need to do that one, too. That's a good one. It's it really it's it's too really bizarre to even do. We would fall asleep during it. It's it's very slow, and it's really strange. And plus, it's a oh yeah, it's a Savini, and it's just weird. <laughs> and we got the little father here. I've seen her in a bunch of stuff, and I can't think of what it is. She's in a couple movies I've seen. She's super hot. You know who that looks like? I know it's probably not him, but you know who that looks like? He looks like the dude from fucking Reanimator. It does. Yeah, the guy that's got his fucking head is it him? off and stuff. I don't think so. I don't think it is. I'm trying to pull up. That chick just looks like a Father Jansen. Let's see, it's Dick Beale. I think that is him, actually. It has to be. Hang on. It looks just like him. I mean... Hang on. No, it's not. I don't know who that is. There's Titty Slice. Yep. She's fucking gone down. Nope, that's... I don't know who it is. Well, he looks like him. He, he was in the movie Slime City Massacre. I think that was another trauma. But Forbes Riley, who's Julia Parker, this is this chick we're trying to find out what she's been in. I don't, I don't recognize any of this stuff either, so. Interesting. I don't know. She looks so fucking familiar, though. <clears throat> it's a lot of things, like a lot of doppelgangers in these trauma films. But not actually actors that are in crazy stuff. She's from Long Island, New York. She went to Oceanside High School. Birthday is April 25th, 1960. Same as my brother's. That's interesting. What is it? She was on Boy Meets World. She was? Forbes Riley, yeah. she the mom? I think so. That's where I know her from. Has to be. I used to watch the fuck out of that show. Oh, yeah, it's great. I was a little little tyke in my, in my sippy cup. I'm trying to remember... Either way. It doesn't show her on here as Boy Meets World, though. So I don't know. Interesting. 
She was in Beetleborgs on an episode. That's pretty tight. That's that's some more Gore Christa. No, she was in one episode of Boy Meets World. She was a TV reporter. Piss. Well, I don't know. She just has a very familiar looking face, but she's actually not been in anything I know. So she's still still doing stuff. I don't know. Either way, Splatter University. It's good stuff. We can bring up truck uh, <laughs> truck shoulder here. Chuck the truck. <laughs> oh god! Could have no. seen the foot fist way. That is currently on Tubi. I don't know if it's still on Amazon or not. Let's get this over with so I can go finish fucking your wife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have never seen it. It's a Danny. Mc... It's the first Danny McBride film. I'm glad Adam you like. It's so crazy. I fucking laugh my dick off. The, the funniest part of it. Hold on. Let me play you the funniest part. <laughs> Not to me. This is what makes wheelchair fucker about piss his pants, though. Hold on. Hmm. It's not what you're thinking. I've got to play you this part, though, because it seriously but makes him die every time we play this. Let's do it, then we'll get to chuck the truck. Hold on, here we go. <laughs> This old grandma on here is fucking weird. And break. Face your partner. Good night. Shake hands. Basically, Dan McBride's a fucking kung fu instructor, like a karate instructor. Or whatever. First thing he ever did. Everyone just have a seat for a second. Have a seat. This feature film was Adam and Lisa. Well, it's good. You got these retro cars in there. Look at that fucking fro. All these fucking college goons they're all about to get slashed up <clears throat> this is pretty good you're sucking pitch it off Pete what the hell are you doing get in the red stance <laughs> Julio we are answer the fucking phone she looks like a weird you're fucking phony Slipping. You're fucking pathetic! You're pathetic! <laughs> You're fucking oh, my fucking asshole. That bar is like, ah! He's fucking screaming at himself. <laughs> I'm trying to find that scene, and I can't find. There's a scene of this that, you, if you guys are wondering what the hell I'm doing, I'm trying to play you that, that scene. I think I just found Minimums it. Minimums and fees seem to be the foundation oh, of your typical thing. Fucking ads. Um, you know what my favorite one is? He's like, you're a fucking jerk. Oh, I know you. I know. I haven't forgotten. I gotta find that. (laughs) But if you guys have seen Eastbound and Down, the guy that plays Clegg and Eastbound and Down, you know, uh, Kenny Powers is like fucking drug buddy. He's uh, Chuck the Truck, who's like the basically Chuck Norris in the film, where he's this big action star. It's fucking ridiculous. 
was so goddamn excited when you agreed to come to my testing. I know you're a warrior, so I'll give you the basic right of stretching before our battle. But besides that, I ain't gonna give you shit. Not mercy, not even forgiveness. Let's hurry up and do back to fucking your wife. <laughs> what did you say? I said, let's hurry up and do that. What's am, okay? What's amazing that you guys have never seen it? He's essentially Chuck Norris. Yeah, yeah. You ready to get run over by the truck? It's like, <laughs> I got to get back to fucking your wife. It's like, it's like his what an He tries to get him to come see the kids and motivate him and stuff, and then he ends up just being a fucking jack off and like fucking his wife, and he's a fucking dickhead. But it's awesome. Um, hey, you're really gonna this is the part. He's like, you're a fucking jerk. Why can't I not find that fucking clip? But either way, Foot Fest Way, uh, Danny McBride first film. It's an Adam McKay movie, and it's got Clegg in it also from Eastbound and Down. It's awesome. He's Chuck the Truck. And uh, it's on that Tubi app that I know of. Uh, usually it's in and out of Hulu. You can find it on there sometimes, but it's, it's fucking hysterical. Um... More stuff on Splatter wait, University. Wait, here we go. We got one. I'm good. This wine is delicious. Hold on. This wine is delicious. I'm so hungry. I can eat a grown man's ass right now. <laughs> dig in. Dig in. Let's get to business. Dig in. Dig in. If you like Danny McBride, you yeah, can't go perfect. wrong with it. It's it's no, that's good. It's it's a it's a it's a hidden treasure. Really, people don't know what the fuck it is, and it's actually really. Well, it never fun. had a wide release. I don't think it's just. It was an MTV thing. Yeah, it was mostly streaming. Um, yeah, Splatter University, uh, Forbes Riley, the main chick here, uh, if you're watching. Uh, Forbes Riley realized that there was no one checking continuity, so she made an effort to write down what wardrobes were being worn and which scenes to ensure the movie was consistent. Uh, so that's interesting. Said actress Elizabeth Caitlin, uh, Elizabeth Catan was featured on the original poster art but did not appear in the film. So the actor who was hired to play Father Perkins didn't show up for the shoot, so director Richard W. Haynes had to play the role. So that that father dude's actually the fucking director, which is crazy. Him? No, Richard Haynes. Oh okay, gotcha. Which he's the actual Father Perkins guy. I guess that's him right there. That's fucking hilarious. He's done some fun films. He did he did classic Newcomb High too, which is amazing. Did not know that. I'm trying to see if that's him with that stash. Nope, he's the guy in the beginning, I think. No, that's him right there. Really? Yeah. Richard W. Haynes. He did uh Class of Newcomb High, Spider University. Those are his two big his two big ones. Amazing. Um, filmmakers were originally told they'd have two weeks to shoot at Mercy College. The school cut their time by weeks. So we already told you that one. Opening scene in the asylum was shot and then recently closed psychiatric ward at Bellevue Hospital in New York. Now, for those of you Ghostbuster fans, um, actually, that's Parkview Hospital. Never mind. Bellevue Parkview. The Hollowbrook Drive In at Peace School in New York was featured in the film. Spot Universal later wound up being screened there before the theater was demolished. 
Amazing. It's amazing. Uh, school scenes were shot at Mercy College. That's in Doug Dobbs Ferry during spring break. Forbes Riley brought her own wardrobe for the film. And the copyright at the end of the print originally stated copyright MCMLXXX123. However, an extra handwritten one was added to read MCML. This director looks like a fucking pedophile. One, two, three, four. Look at him. He looks like he's like. He likes to have little boys' mushrooms run across his stash. <laughs> Look, though, for real. That's like a. Uh, he's like, do you want to rub your little mushroom across my stash, little Corey? No, that's a little uh, gooch tickler right there. That, that's a mushroom feeler. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you. That's a little penile. penile. And he's a priest, so it's kind yeah, of appropriate. It's a, it's a penile stash. <clears throat> bad. She's just really hot. I don't know what it is. I dig it though. She's like, I look like all these other chicks, Corey, but I'm really just Warbs Filey. Rorbs Filey. It's Forbes Riley for the for the joke. You know, we'll get into Chuck the truck here. <laughs> I'm gonna refer to him as because it's funny. He was a buns on the last episode, so um, that we recorded. So hopefully he's not drunk right here. Chuck the drunk. We'll try to get him back on here to do a little. Uh, Altering the future for you guys. We'll start with... <coughs> should we do 81 or 84? I guess we'll do 84. That's when it actually came out. Um, we only double up occasionally. Like yeah. last time. So I know we've done 84 a billion times, but... Uh, actually, 84 pretty recently. But that's all right. Altering the future! Thank you, Chuck, for not being drunk. We appreciate that. Um, <clears throat> I'm just going to get right into it. I know we've done this a bunch, but I don't give a fuck. Um, I'll do this as many times as we have to because it's fun. Um, get right into it here. we got Starman. It's got Jeff Bridges, Karen Allen. From, of course, that was... Uh, is that Carpenter that's Starman? Yep. Okay. But it's a turd. Yeah, it is a turd. But I like Karen Allen. Uh, Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai. Great Great movie. Muppets Take Manhattan. Great movie. Uh, we got the Karate Kid. It's overrated. Romancing the Stone. Yeah, it is. It, it's a fucking turd. I hate that movie, but I'll give it a mention because it's big. Romancing the Stone. Uh, Sixteen Candles. I love you. It's like it's a turd. Yeah. We got a <laughs> Top Secret, which had a Val Kilmer. I fucking love everything. I love everything he does. He's a fucking badass. Um, <clears throat> Wait, that's the one you mentioned earlier that had uh, Van Helsing in it. Yeah, yeah, it was. That's crazy. Um, Streets of Fire, Willem Dafoe. Love it. Diane Lane. Love that movie. Rick Moranis is in it. I mean, that, that film fucking it's rules. It's a good movie. It it's, is like good. A, it's like a musical thing, but it's good. And you got Footloose. Say what you will, but... No, it's fun. It's got John Lithgow's awesome. Kevin Bacon's good. I mean, it's it's classic stuff. You like dancing, so we're good. Yeah, yeah, I love dancing. Too. Corey was actually on uh, Dancing with the Horror Stars. It was a show. <laughs> that very little play on Netflix, but it, it did it does exist. It was me and Steve Dash, and we were dancing, and then he was like, it. "Fuck off," you know. Uh, to find it. It's got body uh, body double uh, Melanie Griffith love that in it. Movie. Yeah, it's really that's a that's an old Corey uh, when he first discovered Whack and he watched body. It's a good double. one. Yep, uh, Dreamscape uh, Max von Sydow. We've done that, haven't we? We haven't done Dreamscape yet. Yeah, we have. No, we haven't. I'm pretty sure we did. Did it? Maybe we were going to, and we switched it. That uh, may be possible. Uh, Neverending Story. Uh, Turd. Yep. Last Starfighter. Love it. Um, which person recently interviewed him knows nothing about that film. Uh, shout out to Nick Castle from the Real People in Phantasm. Uh, Repo Man. Love it. 
Gremlins, I won't put that into horror. I love it, though. It is good. Uh, my favorite one, Conan the Destroyer. So good. It is good. Star Trek The Search for Spock. Love it. That's actually my favorite Star Trek movie, believe it or not. That's weird. Uh, it is. And that and Generations, I love. Uh, this is a shout-out to Brian Tatler from uh, Diamond Head. We got Dune. Love it. They're fucking obsessed with that film. Love that I, movie. I think it's great. Uh, Beverly Hills Cop. Love it. Red Dawn. Love it. And the last film we did from 1984, Missing in Action. Love it. So I'll close that off with that, and then we'll just get right into the horror that you guys all know from this film. Uh, actually, I'll put it. I'll throw in Police Academy too. Love it. Um, Spinal Tap. Love it. I gotta throw that in there. Cannonball Run Two. Love it. Um, I missed a bunch. Hard Bodies. Love it. Meatballs Part Two. Love it. Uh, whatever. I'll just there's there's a lot of stuff. Um, I may just. Uh, oh, Amadeus. Yeah, Amadeus, whatever it is. I'm uncultured sometimes. No, you're fine. Once Upon a Time in America. Uh, 1984. Let's see. The Ice Pirates. Love it. And then, I love that movie. Yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, jump right into horror here. And we got Nightmare on Elm Street. We got the... Doctor Special, Friday the 13th, the final chapter. Love it! Big Ted, we love you. Firestarter, Children love of the Corn. Love it. Chud. Love it. Night of the Comet. Love it. I'll say, I'll say Gremlins again, we'll throw them in there. Uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night. Love it. Razorback. Love it. The Initiation. Love it. Toxic Avenger. Love it. Monster Dog. Love it. Rats. I uh, like it. Too Scared to Scream. I don't know what that is. I don't either. Savage Streets. Love it. Frank and Weenie. Throw that in there. Why not? And then my my two favorite films. This is probably, I mean, obviously of all time for me. These are the top two, and they always will be, and they're both in the same year. Terminator and Ghostbusters. Thank you, and good night. So good, yeah. That's good stuff, that, That's the Gore Christ special, those films. That, that makes me who I am and who I've always been. <clears throat> Star Wars is in there somewhere, but it it's went down quite a bit of pegs over the years. No, no, no. You People being have... Ghostbusters and Terminator are like, those are my fucking shit. And now, for the music of 1984. Oh, yeah, sorry. Oh, Richard, sure we done, but there's some great ones in 1984. Um, really fucking good ones. I mean, you can't go wrong. Okay, here we go. I uh, love it first Sting from the Scorpions Last in Line from Dio Ride the Lightning from Metallica Defenders of the Faith from Judas Priest Power Slave from Iron Maiden Out of the Cellar from Rat March of the Saint from fucking Armored Saint Stay Hungry from Twisted Sister Fistful of Metal from uh, Amtrak <laughs> 1984 from Van Halen That's That, that one's probably Yngwie Malmsteen's Rising Force uh, Dawkins Tooth and Nail <laughs> Morbid Tales from Celtic Frost. <coughs> Hell to England from Man of War. Um, the Warning from Queen's Rock. I love that album. It's good. Uh, <coughs> Metal Church self titled. Um, slotted in from White Snake. Hell yeah. Uh, Sign of the Hammer from Man of War. I don't know. I like me some Man of War. I have to be in the mood to listen to it, but I like it. <laughs> um, At War with Satan from Venom. Uh, 
Um, Haunting the Chapel from Slar. <laughs> Two Steps from the Move from Hanoi Rocks. I love that fucking album. It's, it's amazing. <coughs> Kiss Animalize. Fuck the yeah. Blitz from Crocus. Dancing on the Edge from Leo Ford. You know what Sign in, please, is. from Autograph, which I yeah. fucking love because I saw them with with Van Halen on that tour. You know what Animalize is, right? That's that's Corey's on fire. Yeah, it's great. I love it. Crusader from Saxon. Walking on the Edge from Helix. Uh, Burning the Witches from Warlock. And then uh, Rush, Grace Under Pressure. But the best two for me on this list like nothing mm. touches it and, and it's just how it is number two and this may surprise some people but it's number two for me is uh, Don't Break the Oath from Merciful Fate number one is the Ooh. self-titled Wasp album because I think that thing is still oh it's nasty the best thing they ever did I fucking love that record mine would probably be top two and it's very hard uh, Last in Line is my favorite Dio record but um, See, I was never uh, as big as I am into him. That, I never that and Sacred Heart. I love. <clears throat> I like Sacred Heart a lot more, honestly. Um, man, well, I know what my number one is. That's Tooth and Nail by Dawkins for sure. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. Um, I mean, that's my shit. I guess if I had to go second, it'd probably be Defenders. Would be tied with that or March of the Saints. So those are both really awesome. Um. But definitely number one for me would be Docking. I put Animal Eyes at three. That's good My stuff. number three would be Morbid Tales. Yeah, fucking Celtic Frost. But but yeah, I mean that's you know whatever. I love Ride the Lightning too. I really do. I, I, just putting it in a top list. I mean after you know maybe when it came out, but hard is too much. All this time, yeah, done, it, done it to death. Done burned it to death. Burned out. To death. Burned out. And even kind of Defenders is a little burned out for me. But, oh yeah, I've heard. If I don't, hear, never gets old to me. If I don't hear Judas Priest stuff for a while, I'll be okay. <laughs> Start it too much. Yeah. Well, I think Dawkins for me still. I love them. Don't get me wrong. I love that band, but I just I take, people never take a breather out. for a second. Yeah. People never burn it out for me with Dawkins. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I'm one of the only people that look at this. Shit. They're great. Like <clears throat> Splatter University here. Trying to get a little Forrest Riley. You know, I'm a little disappointed. It's kind of dragging. Yeah, it, it was really fucking getting there at first, but he had just broken out of that asylum. Now he's about to get into the school and start Because we're, we're right at 30 minutes on this motherfucker, so we ain't got much of it left. We need some more fucking from There's like stabs. 50 minutes left of this bitch, so well, he, better, he's gotta get, better get rolling. He's not even hit the university yet. He was uh, breaking out of that asylum. Can you hear me, though? There's 50 minutes left of this yeah. motherfucker. There ain't much left. I think he's going to start fucking castrating people here and near you know maybe in 20 more minutes maybe you gotta start hacking him up man it's getting her story going which I don't really give a shit about but uh I appreciate we're doing a, a teacher film there's a lot going on now I won't get into it but this is a uh, fitting for for things it's not bad but I still here he is he's in the school now he's about to cool. start here we go this, oh that's that's a he's remembering the, the titty titty shot chick that's who just got canned. <clears throat> I like the way this was shot. It's it's interesting the way that he, you can tell this thing is probably shot so many different ways, and they just started throwing throwing stuff together for it. But I like the way I like the way that it looks. Yeah, 
Now this Blu-ray, now I'm going to be completely honest with you guys. It looks like shit, but I don't think they have much to work with. I mean, it's a, right, and I, and I don't have a problem with that. You know, it is what it is. It still looks better than probably the DVD, but not. By oh much. yeah, but it definitely looks a little better. But you know, but some of these films, you know, they don't. Take At least care it of exists, it. you know. Yeah. I mean, but. <clears throat> You can't pop in something, you know, that's... I'll bet if we watch this DVD, it would look like fucking hewed out and fucking old as fuck. It's kind of a DVD with it. Yeah. Probably looks fucking about the same. <laughs> but it's it's all good. I mean, I, I'm not knocking Vinegar Syndrome for that. you got, you know, it exists. They made a copy of it. The one thing I do pray is that my help comes to Frogtown doesn't look like this. I don't think it did. I think they took better care of that, and they've had... You know, I think well, MGM originally owned that, so yeah. I think they took better care of that print and this stuff. There's also trauma. Even trauma's new shit looks like this. This is fucking this is gritty and old school, but I like that. You know, when she's got all her little little Bible shit going on here. Did you see that last book she had? It was called The Miracle of Gore Christ. <laughs> I thought that was interesting, kind of an interesting thing because it's New York. And it's weird. The other one said uh, the Last Temptation of Doctor. I thought those. West. I thought those sheets were fucking. I thought those. I literally thought those sheets said Budweiser on them. He's <laughs> getting her Budweiser sheets. <clears throat> I'm going to tell you something right now. About to flicker. This is beat. totally off subject, oh, look, it's, but it's a Luke Wilson doppelganger. But let me let me tell you something. Trying the last time I drank fucking any type of Budweiser, I got sicker and shit. They're nasty. You want some Bud Heavy, boy? You some Bud Heavy. So you take a heavy. Just made fucking, me fucking sick. Some fucking bud mud. I don't even mean that. It I just the literally fucking, made me sick. I get the fucking Budweiser craps while I'm fucking drinking those. I felt like somebody drilled into my skull. Like it just. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's pretty bad. Like it's like while you're like drinking, letting it. letting something out of the other end of it. It was oh, it was yeah, awful. Like a logger headache. She's rocking that Pat Benatar cut. Yeah, <clears throat> that was big when I was. She's taking her up. best shot. I love Pat Benatar, but yeah, she's pretty cool. Hell of a guitar player. Let's let's talk talk about about it it. That's what it says on that little poster there. Let's let's talk talk about about it it. Ab Europe. So it's mainly her teaching for a while. There's not enough killing yet, but I think they're just showing all these students so they can get killed. But it needs to kind of kids. We are we are in the, the we are in the drag fest. <laughs> It's dragging. It's like baseball. We're pitching on, in the stretch here. We're fucking... We've got two men on base. We're in the fucking third inning. This motherfucker's dragging. Trying to get the fuck out of here. we pick up the new Devourment. Came out October... Uh, came out August 16th. Relapse Records. Doesn't matter when it came out. It's out now. Go fucking pick it up. If you see them on tour, buy some fucking shirts. Buy their pimpin' ass fucking uh, shorts they got. Pick up the new record. It's fucking. Busy. They got two shows in Texas. You guys can go see them if you live in that area. Yeah, you got to because I mean, Devourment's fucking stomping the shit out of any show you see them at. They fucking rule. So uh, check them out and support them, guys. The best way to support a band these days, if you buy their shit off any streaming website, you're not giving them money. You're fucking them. It's good that you're listening to their album. But bands, you know, especially touring musicians, and you know. Buy something from them. Go to their show, buy a fucking t-shirt. That 20 bucks... Buy a vinyl from them. That 20 bucks splits up and gets them a little fucking gas station. If you want to be the real retro, buy the CD. (coughs) You should buy the CD and buy some merch, because all that goes straight to them. 
and uh, they Ugh. get to fucking eat that night and have gas to get to the next show. So, um, and maybe some pizza. Yeah, maybe some pizza. Maybe some gas station pizza. Um, you know, it's always good to to do that. And uh, you know, I was talking to the guys in, in Creeping Death too, and they're like a younger, like a lot younger too, and they they were just getting gas station food when I was talking to them. Like that's kind of what we do is live off of little gas station things and I was like I like you know when Doctor and I and Wheelchair Fucker go out to shows I usually get those fucking combos and shit and they were laughing their asses off they were like that's what we got we got fucking combos I was like dude that's fucking fed me on the road doing these interviews and stuff just have fucking bag of goddamn combos I don't remember who we were going to see it was in I don't remember where it was either way we stopped at this gas station and I remember I got some kind of Jalapeno Ranch. Yeah, those <laughs> and were we were la- well, no, but we were laughing because I was like going, "Thanks for doing this interview." <sighs> yeah, <laughs> smell my fucking Jalapeno Ranch, my rotten mouth. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like, hey, thanks for doing. This. Smell my buttermilk death. It's like, <laughs> it's my like, fucking pretzel death. <laughs> I tell you, it's but you know it's it, it <laughs> yeah, sometimes don't, don't it's, it sometimes it's easier too because you know it's like meeting this teriyaki beef jerky. But here's bag. what here's what I don't understand. This is still this may have been the same trip. We're on our way back. We stop at this all night Arby's and and we call it the Charby's. But this is what I don't understand. Both of you. Charbies. Oh, this is the one. Yeah, I think that might have been the same. Both trip. of you get this nasty ass giant mint shake. We did. It was in March. That must have been Creator. It's like it's like now at Arby's. Try our new Crest shake. It's like <laughs> try a new Aqua Fresh. And you, I'm just like, oh, like I don't like the taste. We of both it. were like five year olds too. We're like, I can get my shake, and, and Yen's got a. Uh, it's got like a try, shake. try our new peppermint patty shake from Crest. It's yeah. like it's like. <laughs> That's my, and then both of them. I am not even making this up. Both of them are like, like fucking. Corey's was like first to drop, and then the rest of it I heard later from wheelchair fucker when he just came. Yeah, home. we did. We were having you a let mid, off that fucking shit. No, you took no, you took a crest crap. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's fresh. Yeah. God, you got those pearly white. I mean, because like, when I think of stuff like that, that, that you have to realize how appealing this is for me. It'd be like, the same thing. It's like, hang on, real quick. That dude, that dude's hat. Oh, he's getting a he's getting a fucking road head. His hat says, "Take this job and shove it." That's great. <laughs> Look, take this job and shove it, trucker hat. That's, That's pretty a, good. Sorry, everyone's driving up to this toll booth getting fucking road head, but. It would be as appealing. It's like, yeah, give me that large crest shake, and let me get that, let me get that uh, Arby's roast beef marinated in Listerine. Yeah, Listerine. It's just like, I just, oh, I mean, you just, you know, I mean, I guess it's, I, that's not appealing to me. That's at a all. recipe for disaster. Your bowels too, if you're gonna get a milkshake and a fucking roast beef sandwich. So I did that, and it was like. <laughs> <laughs> And then when I got home, oh, there's the driving. Get a beef and cheddar with it. With get a side of crest. And then when I got home, it's like all right, all right, guys, see you later. And then I went to the bathroom. It was like it was pretty bad. And then I couldn't believe wheelchair fucker follows you right up behind you. He's like, yeah, give me the large aqua fresh. At least my asshole was cleaned out because I brushed it with a toothbrush. Pretty much, yeah. 
But yeah, I, I, I that, usually don't get milkshakes. I guess I kind of just was like, whatever, I'll fucking do that it. That guy actually looks terrifying for some reason to me. He's got a really big face. And his eyebrows are like, go to the extent of his whole fucking He's face. like, here, fill my Ew. package. He's like totally being rapey right now. He's like, come on, I thought we were fucking going out or something. And she's like, no, I don't want to. Let's get some audio on With Pat Benatar here. What's the matter? Sick of something or what? I actually never heard him before, and then that's exactly what he sounded like. Oh, wow, it goes right to the tit shot. Cut it out. Yeah, she's about to get cut out. Here comes fucking... Finally, fucking uh, three hours later, we get some stalker action. Here's the drive-in kill. Hell yeah. You're about like 38 minutes. Here, hold on, I got a brown stain in these hands. Yeah. <laughs> and I got my fucking... They put my zipper back on, <laughs> I fucking got this brown stain in these hands. <laughs> Tonight on brown stain in these hands. Yeah. That's the sequel of this movie. Vinegar yeah. Syndrome is going to put a fucking four disc version of it out. Yeah. Fucking pervert, I'm going to kick your ass. Fucking pervert. He goes, I'm going to kick your assy. Yeah, he's, I'm going to kick your asser. <laughs> <laughs> Brown stain in these hands. <laughs> it's fucking weird. Vinegar Syndrome proudly presents Brown stain in these hands. Yeah. <laughs> it's Skidmark at the drive-in. He had a nasty She's got a brown stain in her hands with a blood blip. He blood had blip he drip had, too. <laughs> he had a she had a nasty blowout in her thong. <laughs> it was brown stain in the hands. She's like, Can y'all get some more that mint that crest popcorn for us? <laughs> that crest butter. God. Well, hopefully we've got some murdering going on here finally. Yeah, for devourment's sake, we need some murders in this uh, scene right here. Guys, if you want to just have an alternate commentary track, you can just listen to the new devourment album, Obscene Majesty, over top of this while you're watching it. And it probably syncs up pretty well. But we're going to go ahead and skip it all for you. We're going to give you the exact point where he starts killing people. So about 40 minutes in, start listening to the new devourment record. There it goes. Yeah! Beautiful throat slit. That was nice. Holy shit. That was worth waiting for. There was a lot of, uh... It's a mermaid. What do you expect? I already sucked your ween. She's like, I just felt that turtle head come out of your butt when I was fingering you. <laughs> it's like, well, you know, it's a brown stain in the head. Son of a bitch, do you want to tell my brown stain? I'm going to kick your assy. Why don't you smell my brown stain? <laughs> brown stain in that Hanes. <laughs> it's like, what do you want from me? I shit my pants. Oh, She's wow. fucking dead. I guess I'm going to fuck that slip in her throat. Yeah. Fucking pregnant. Pull that baby out. He doesn't even notice it. What, I got a brown stain in these hands. <laughs> What's the matter with you? You got a brown stain in your hands? We're going to at least wait till he freaks out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what a fucking pecker. Wow. Oh, wow, he didn't. It just, it just cuts to him like... Sitting in the back seat while anyway, she's dead up front. He's got a brown stain in the head. He does. <coughs> That's pretty raunch, but <clears throat> literally. There's Roseanne. 
No, she was in this movie. Yeah. Oh, finally, there's some fucking boobs going on, too. Thanks. It's only been 41 minutes in a trauma movie. There's no tits till now. You gotta be shitting me. <clears throat> It'll get there, though. It's, it's trying. Just gotta do something to move around and get him out of there. And I was just like, wow, have you heard about Rob? He got a brown stain in his hands. Indeed. He's like, oh yeah, he always has a brown stain in his hands. What about you? What about your hands? Well, I'm not wearing any hands. But I got a brown stain. And for stain. this, I'll cue up something for vinegar syndrome. You know what I do, though? I have a brown... Hold on, this is for vinegar syndrome. I have a brown streak in my sheets. <laughs> Hold on, this is, this, is, this is for vinegar syndrome for this film. another ad hold on yeah it's a you've seen brown stain in the hands and now get this is ready this is for, for, for we're about 50 minutes of this guys now get ready for a brown streak in the sheets don't waste my motherfucking time <laughs> so you know I think you got all Grandma Hedge Clipper here. Well, look at that shit. I apologize, kids. I, I think I may have picked a dud. No, we got some good killing. It just takes a little time. I think it's these are one of those films in the last 30 minutes he's going to hack up like No, no, no. What's funny movies. about it is the director, the one that has the Tickle Me Mushroom yeah. stash, <laughs> was trying to make some kind of artistic statement when in reality it just needs to be people dying. Yeah. It's splattered. I, I don't need it. it uh, you know, it's a, yeah, splattered. It, it's like going to see a Godzilla film. I don't want to see fucking human interaction about anything. Look, they got young unless and shit. they're dying. They got fucking Jerry Garcia back there. Yeah, what's up with that, dude? I don't want to see her. I would like to wear those red sunglasses next time we go to a convention. Yeah, we should. I don't know what all this is. Actually, what I need like, are the heart ones, like Shawn Michaels used to wear. Yeah, he's trying to make the the Breakfast Club, and it just needs to be splattered University, you know. Really, he wanted. Oh, it's Father Wheelchair. It's cool. It's Wheelchair Fucker's dad. It's Father Wheelchair Fucker. Father Fucker. That's it's amazing. Yeah, it's actually kind of funny. But he's con- he's actually confined to a wheelchair. You know, Wheelchair Fucker's not in a wheelchair. He fucks people in wheelchairs. <coughs> Women. Common. Yeah, common misconception. I don't think he fucks dudes. I hope not. Anyway. If he does, it's just to demasculate him because he's wheelchair fucker. So right. He does he gives him this Connecticut schlong. He does what he needs to do. His, it's Danish. His his, 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 Gen, his Denmark Kong. His, his cheat's Danish. Right. His uncircumcised Danish. Danish Connecticut. His, his unci- uncircumcised Danish schlong. Quit being an assy. You're such an asser. Wow, this is... I mean, I just... I don't know. Like, even watching this muted, it's like, what are you all talking about? Look, now they're in the middle of a baseball field. I feel like I'm about, like the middle of not waiting for a tit scene so I can whack it and go to bed. Yeah, but... <laughs> no, this whole... It's like, why are they in a baseball field with a crippled pastor and, like, some teacher? There's 24 minutes of this film left, too. That's it. Like, there's there's nothing well, what left is this, this. What is the artistic part of this movie right here where it's like, I got this vision, okay? She's like, I think there's this guy. He's going to hack us up. He's just like, see you, bitch. After I just went and thought of this scene got where, a they're, different priest now, where they're in a baseball field, and it's like the preacher, he's confined to a wheelchair, so sad. And then we got our, our protagonist, and she's just like, so like, she's, oh, God. <clears throat> a lot of freckles. 
She's got this ginger mullet. We don't see that too much. But I guess in trauma, I mean, it's first for everything. Well, there you go. He just got a cooter shot. And did the old Sharon Stone. <clears throat> of course, we as the viewers didn't get to see any of the cooter, but this... Uh, I, don't, I don't think we've seen any of that. Oh, here we go. This guy's just being a... This is more trauma right here, the perverted priest thing. And well, why don't you come to my office around 8 o'clock tonight when we discuss it further? Will it make me feel better? Seems so random, too. Like, what did that have to do with anything? Oh, look, there's the movie Trash. It says it right on it. On the can there. <laughs> well, like, I, I get it, but it's like, let's let's get to it. You know, like... That's not even the killer, that's that fucking Horatio. He's like, you know, I want to talk to you about the streak in the sheets. Heard about what happened. You want to smell my leather jacket while I fuck you? <laughs> Here. I'll put Smell it this fucking head. leather jacket while I fuck you. <laughs> it actually smells like a cigar because I blew it in it earlier. Because I'm Horatio. <clears throat> There was a. This is the funny story. When years, years ago, so everybody was laughing at me because they had passed around this porno tape that I. Everybody had just borrowed. Yeah. And, and they're like, they're like, they're like, Scott, you you watch the most fucked up stuff, and I was like, what do you mean? This was like middle school, you know. And the porno was called Sin. And and, and what was amazing was. The only part everybody could remember from that movie, I remember Matt being like, go ahead, come on my leather. <laughs> and it wasn't even... But the reason that I, the reason that I liked the movie, though, was because it was, it was fucking weird, but there was a lot of fucking butt action in it. Yeah. You know, I'd print whatever back then, so I don't care about this story. Butt leather. But I remember him just saying it was... But they all thought it was funny, but yet they've all whacked it to it, too. Yeah. It's just like... <laughs> I'm glad you all had the it's your, funny, but your communion whack, whack to it. Yeah, the pass around. It's like you know. Well, it was amazing when I was leaving. He's just like, yeah, he was gonna go fuck his wife. Where I was just like, why don't you come on her leather? I'm <laughs> <laughs> going. Yeah. What made me think of that was that creepy ass motherfucker. Yeah, it's just like smell my leather. That and this looks like a porno. It's a porno without even side boob. There's been like nothing. Or killing in it. It looks very snuff, but so far it's been bust. Hmm. We have a new segment at the end of these films called Snuff or Bust, and this one's definitely on the bust side so far. It may pick up. It picks up. I think in the last like 20 minutes, there's a lot of people that haven't died at all that need to, so... That'd be a good sample. He was gorgeous. That'd be a good sample, though. That he's a psychopath that could be reasoned with. Yeah. It's a movie that can't be reasoned with. Oh, look at that. That dude looks like my fucking goddamn ball hair when I don't fucking shave it. He just looks like my fucking. My fucking. <laughs> Pubic region, that's what it's fucking whole I got that afro looks like the singer of Boston. <laughs> He's like, he goes, Excuse me, man. Right, excuse me. More than a yeah. More than a haircut. He needs more than a haircut. That's just fucking awful. Thank you. 
you go. Come on, let me in before he fucking kills me. Even though it's been raining and we're not telling you what's going on. <laughs> yeah, the way this scene's, uh, these, this movie's cut is very strange. It just kind of loops around and I don't even know what the fuck's going on. I don't think the director knew what the hell he was doing. The only thing he knew about doing was rubbing little boys on his mustache. <laughs> with his shroom cleaner. He's like, ooh. He's like, I like the uncircumcised ones. I can just get right into the fucking under my, the under shroom. He's like, put that schmeg all over my fucking <laughs> stash. He's got schmeg stash. Pepper my stash with your schmeg. <laughs> it's got like this slasher porn music, but nothing's happening. It's like, you know, you know, you know, something's going to happen, but actually. Any horny handicapped ladies out there interested in tasting some of. Wheelchair fucker smegma. <laughs> Wheelchair fucker smegma. We've Come. got jars of it we're going to be selling. Yeah, coming soon to Phantasm. He just cleans yeah, out his fucking penis grease and sells it to you. It's like his, motor his, oil. His, his No, it's his Crisco fucking thick. Ugh. It's fucking cum butter. <laughs> some smeg. <laughs> God almighty. Get some Phantasm smeg. So gross. <laughs> Presented by Phantasm. It's yeah, well, thanks anyway, okay? Thanks anyway, okay? Hey, you want me to take your picture? No, no. Hey, you want to see my dick? It's got some schmeg. Some fresh schmeg. Oh. There's a lot of creepers on here, but none of them are killing anybody. It's pissing me off, kind of. Hey, I'm obsessing over you. I've never met you. Can I take your picture before I fucking stab you in the balls? That's like, oh, what's the deal with that? And then the other ones. Oh, there's another one. Oh, it's that chick. Yeah. She's like, come on. Come on, I'm trying to go get some smeg. There he is. There's some leather butt. There he goes. Father, I just really want you to put this leather jacket over your face. What is the deal with just the reoccurring pre-stuff in this? I don't get it. Did he feel guilty for making this film or something? I don't get it. It's a weird theme because he's... He's just fucking in the film. I go back to mute. I cannot deal with this anymore. It's like, yeah, there's just underlying Every time I'm sorry I left it unmuted for so long, kids, but I tell you, it's like, it's just dragging. It's like, wow, can we get to the fucking killing, please? Yeah, it's already 52 minutes. You know, there ain't much left. Let's see any tits, you know. And Devourment, you know, we apologize, but I think if we just play. Obscene Majesty over this film. Actually, I think make it better, you know? I think it's cool. I mean, I think this is the end of it's going to have some payoffs in it because I remember it having a cool ending. But I just, I don't know this whole thing. It's like I don't care about any of these characters. They just need to fucking go to hell already. We got this little fucking Nova here. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? Maybe he's going to get killed right now. He needs to. It's like the boyfriend too. He needs to go ahead and fuck off. Madman Slasher hits again. Where did he hit again? Because he's only killed two people. It's like he needs to hit like seven more times for this film to get good. <clears throat> there we go. She's just gonna take off. She's like, "Fuck you, bitch!" You're taking way too long. She's like in here reading on her piano, and that chick takes off. Here, here comes uh, fucking Mister Leather. Is she in his house? Leather Schmegma. Yeah. That's why her friend took off. He was in our fucking... I like how he just leaves his fucking door unlocked. She leaves all the shit everywhere. What an idiot. You know what? All she had to do... Dude has a crush on her, so all he had to do was 
she had to just fucking lay there with her clothes off. Which so he's the killer. Off. Probably, but I don't know. He's like the suspected dude. To, you know. I can't find my keys. Good thing she left it open. Oh, wait. What? It's like, your door's open, chief. Well, whatever. Makes no sense. She should have just laid in there with her shirt off, and then he would have been like, oh, I didn't see you coming in. Why were you looking at my papers? Doesn't matter. She left all that shit out, too. Yeah, just everywhere. He's like, what? Somebody's reading about my smegma fetish. It becomes his just don't think that's funny. Oh, look, wow. Nice job, folks. Yeah, just right in front of him. Yeah, somebody who's impartial about it before we jump to conclusions like this. Yeah, like who? Father Perkins? Oh, I don't even trust him with the lights on. This movie should just be called Father Perkins because it's all it shows. <laughs> we should ask who? Father Perkins! <laughs> He's the highlight of this film. I used to love going to Perkins to get food in the middle of the night. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the real Perkins. Yeah. Alright, if you think it's the right thing to do. Listen, you better get back to the school before Mark comes looking for you. Don't say that. I guess I'll keep calling later, okay? Okay, bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. We need to have some people go bye bye, but it's not happening. Not yet, anyway. Killer's fucking. Touching his fucking meat, but he's not doing anything. Now he's looking in dude's car. There's some weed. That's a premise to get fucking smoked. So what's going on? And there's that ugly ass ginger chick. Their fucking mullet. It's awful. It's pretty bad. Yeah. Mister like Gold Price, I'm leaving you for ranch. Thanks, mullet. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, mullet. Then we got her fucking trying to get in her room here. That dude has a serious fucking skunk stash. I don't even know what the fuck that is on his face. It's really, it's like kind of like a Hitler. Oh, look, there's another kill. Amazing. Is that her best friend from earlier? She just got filleted. Well, it's a it's a found body, so I don't even really count it as a kill. You know, it's more like a Friday the 13th kind of thing. And, of course, they think it's that dude because he kind of saw the best friend uh, get into her car whenever he found out that his apartment was broken into, which it wasn't really broken into because the door was fucking open, so... And then he re-unlocked it, even though it wasn't locked. I don't know. There's a lot of continuity issues. But it's just a fucking, you know... Trauma film shot in 81. These aren't supposed to be award-winning movies, but... The director sure as hell tried to make this into, like, a dramatic movie. And, look, here comes Father we- Father Hot Wheels. He's fucking <laughs> wheeling his way up here. I, I, don't, I still don't know the uh, twist to this, but I'm going to go ahead and probably guess that the killer is actually Father Perkins because he's in a wheelchair, and then he gets out of the wheelchair, and, you know... that. Otherwise, why the fuck would they show him so damn much, you know? Um... I'm going to put money on that, that he's the, the killer here. 
because of course he's in a wheelchair and he's a preacher. Nobody would ever suspect that in a movie like this where it's got way too much character development and, and dialogue between Father Perkins and the main character for him not to be the killer because you assume it's the guy that's trying to get her to go out and she won't and then they break into his apartment and just find the knife and then like some fucking articles about the killer but does that really justify evidence that he's the killer just because he has a few magazine, you know, a few newspaper articles about it and then a knife where he probably, you know, picked it up from somewhere? I mean, I don't know. That's kind of not really thought out, but, um, again, it's a trauma distributed film. You know, this isn't, it's a splatter university, folks. This is, uh, you know, not supposed to be this crazy film but it is a cult horror film and it's a lot of fun to uh pick apart and i think that kind of makes it worth it um it was either this or slaughter high i felt like we should have done slaughter high would have been a little more familiar and fun because this is a movie that uh dr west hasn't seen in a long time and this is a movie i actually haven't seen before so uh you know it's uh just very strange movie that they've gone through this much just dialogue and then they got these random like college kids walking around having dialogue and like drinking and smoking but they're not fucking doing anything they're just drinking and smoking on and off and it's supposed to be some kind of a character development thing but I don't know what the fuck still no killing? they right when you left they showed the body of a chick that died and that was the best friend I guess so she got hacked up but wait the one that was driving her around yeah she was in the locker so we may have another oh here we go we got some we got some uh, panty dropping and pee pee time here so oh look there's the killer right there what do you bet me though that the the uh, now that you're back in here I, I elaborated that and I haven't seen this before the killer is uh, the pastor in the fucking wheelchair that would be interesting. I bet it is. Oh, look at that. That's nice. Oh, she's just fucking... There you go. That's a sin for you. She's fucking... It'd be funny if he put his Kong through the fucking thing and made her suck it. Yeah. It's the fucking... There we go. Oh. Glory hole universe. Right in the stomach. There's some nice blood. Yeah, face blood. That was, a good, that was a good That was mouth. Kill. Very quick and effective. Right, up, right back on the toilet. Yep. We're running out of time. Like I said, we're back on the shitter. I want that old woman to die, too. She needs to get thrown off that fucking balcony. It's like... I don't like those, <laughs> I don't like those pants, either. She's got, like, the fat puss pants. I don't know what that is. Looks kind of strange. You see it? It's yeah. so tight, it gives her a fat puss. Fat front puss. Yeah, that grandma needs to be thrown off the fucking balcony. Put her in a wheelchair. Face first, right on that curb. She's annoying. Well, I'm just gonna water my pot plants. I need to fucking drop dead. Pack up your shit so you can die. I'm tired of looking at your face. The reel just fucked up. <laughs> yeah, that that cripple needs to fucking hurry up and start stabbing some more people. Wow, she almost tripped down. This movie's just chaotic. Like I literally went in the other room and come back and like she went from that guy's apartment. Now she's like moving out to who knows where. You have a back seat, bitch. 
Oh, look, it just cut to her grabbing another thing that doesn't fit. This, this turned into, like, an infomercial really fast. It's like, have no trunk space and you have big luggage. <laughs> well, now there's a nice cubby you can put on top of your car. Just don't go on the interstate. It'll fly off. <clears throat> Here's this fucking ginger. Oh, God. The fuck? She's got her panties on the outside. And a baseball shirt. Sorry, Jersey. I don't know why I said baseball shirt. Like, I don't watch baseball. She's good on a baseball shirt. She's got some, like... I don't even know what the fuck those are. It's just... Leggings with fucking... God I want God. them to make a cell phone that looks like an old phone. I yeah. totally have that. Like the red phone, you know. Look, hello. <laughs> like, hello, I'm gonna nuke this movie. Thanks. She's fucking gross, but I wonder. I just want to see somebody nude in this movie, so I and so I think it's a horror film, right? It's not been... a John Hughes movie. <clears throat> so she needs to just fucking. Let's actually do a, a hike off real those quick. leggings too. Oh, there's no time bar on it. Yeah, because I don't want you to know how much you're wasting. <clears throat> this one's been pretty rough. That's for sure. Her and that mullet. What the fuck is that? What's strange is I remember loving this as a kid. Oh, here it is. Oh, oh, right in the top of the mouth. But it cut away and we didn't get to see anything. And the only fucking slutty chick in the whole film just died. And she was fully clothed. Ugh. She needs to go ahead and drop it. Because they think fucking Horatio here is the killer, but it's not. <clears throat> it's old. Old father handicap. He can't fucking... Oh, up there he is. Oh, yes, I just got done fucking stabbing that fucking mullet chick. <clears throat> She was wearing pants that didn't make any fucking sense, so. Also, she's not a little boy, so I'll stab all these girls to death. Because <clears throat> notice all the girls are dying that fight. Even that dude, uh, even Skidmark fucking didn't die, apparently. So we haven't seen him show back up. Yeah, I don't know. That's weird, too. Like they he... just kind of cut it out, and then he's. I don't know if he's dead or alive, or. He just sat in a car with a corpse and was like, man, you got a real fucking problem. So do I, because I shit my britches. <laughs> and he's got that little church dinner bell. Altar boy, now I want you to bring me my steak. Oh, there he goes. Oh, look, is that what he's doing? He's dumping evidence. <clears throat> About to find out if I'm right. I look it up. I've never seen this movie. He's dumping something in there. Oh, that's the first tits we saw, folks. And that was a magazine, so it doesn't count. It wasn't live titties. He's, what, guilty for jacking off? I don't know. I don't understand that. I'm surprised he could feel it down there. It must be his lower legs that he has no feeling in. He's just getting a little... It's alright if he can whack off. What else is he supposed to do? He's in a fucking wheelchair. Right. And he's a dude, so he can't call wheelchair fucker and have him come over. <laughs> <laughs> he's got no chance, you know. Oh my god. I don't even know what's going on. It's that Horatio dude. His name's not Horatio, it's just what I call him. He's like, what are we doing in my apartment? Oh! Got needing the fucking nuts. Now we got some action. We got some stockage. I really don't think he's the killer, though, so he's like, 
What the fuck is this bitch doing? Oh, look, and she left... It, it, there's another continuity thing. There was that luggage she couldn't fit was was like a brown leather thing, and that was like I don't even know what the fuck that was. Oh yeah, see he's starting to seem weird. He's like, I jack off and I rub the blood, the body of Christ. <laughs> <coughs> he's turning into a, a real scumbag. This guy. So I think I'm right, folks. I don't know yet. It's all pointing in the right direction. Cause look, he's gonna run to that preacher right here. Father, Father Cripple, he's stalking me. And then he's going to just be like, I just got done masturbating to pictures of you. <clears throat> yeah, here it goes. Here on pause, this is actually exciting now. I like how her shirt's unbuttoned, it needs to be fully off. And if you don't believe me, will you find out for yourself soon enough? It's troubling you, my dear. Yeah. I think I know who did it. Killed Cynthia Kathy? It was Mark. Mark, yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. What do you know? Yeah, he hasn't figured it out, I think. But he just got whacked in the back of the head. Jensen there. This is Mark Hammond. I need to talk to him. This is an emergency. He's at the school. With Julie. No, that's okay. I'll talk to him myself. Ms. Parker, I'm glad you came to see you today. I can see that you let your imagination run away with you. And I think I can help you. Then you don't believe me? The gore crash is right. How simple. obvious. I asked you to come and see me many times when you had problems. <laughs> and have you done so? Now I'm going to show you the glory of God and I'm going to stand up and rip your tits what off. You, you really can't see what a terrible mistake you made, can you? The same unfortunate mistake Cynthia made the other. Mistake? You tried to kill me. I know the torment you're going through. I suffered the same damnation before my accident. Before your accident? Yes. I know the temptations of the flesh and the women that arouse them. But I was punished for my sin by the loss of my limbs. It wasn't until after I repented that I regained my strength. Yep, there he goes. Gore Christ is right. Thank you. Good night. He's like, let me show you obscene majesty. Yeah. <laughs> she likes hitting people in the nads. He got hit in the nads. He's like, That's nice. She hit you. <laughs> He's like wiggling it. Wiggling it out. Mark, I'm sorry. Don't worry. I'm still going to make you smell this leather coat while I fuck you. Yeah. Look at him. He's like, Tonight on, on, on Horny Priest Nuts. Yeah. <laughs> like how he was like skipping. Because he was like, Wow, it's like I don't have legs again. <laughs> she kicked me in the parts I'm not supposed to touch that I love to touch. <laughs> <laughs> Got that 80s boobage uh, magazine. Don't worry, when the director finds you, your little friend will make his child rub his mushroom on us. <laughs> I want him to do the mushroom dance in my mouth. <laughs> I want him to do the sesame stash. <laughs> Can you tell me how to get how to get to a sesame stash? <laughs> God, how to get to a sesame stash?
You know, I got two bag shots, and you see a bag stabbing. I was in the trailer. Somebody got bag stabbed. I want to see that. <laughs> Not many people left, though, because they already found out who the killer was. So, Actually, I did, you know, about 45 minutes ago. Oh, there's the... There's the fucking uh, crapper kill. I love that stuff you've seen. That you goes, I mean, it's hardcore because it was way before Hellraiser. It's like, people are tempted by the flesh. Yeah. I mean, all awesome. crazy stuff he was saying. Oh, yeah. Nice. Some guts. That's pretty good. I'm in the boiler room. Smell my leather. Entered it, entered it, entered it, entered it, entered it. Here's what. Here's all this movie needs is Chuck Norris shows up and roundhouses his ass out the fucking out the window. Violence is the answer. I like that his crucifix with a knife though. That's pretty badass. Actually, what that priest needs is the fucking Kane Hunter stuff and flush from fucking part eight. Yep. He's like, no, that's impossible. And he's the toxic waste barrel. I mean, it is a trauma movie. Yeah. It'd be perfect for it. I'm hobbling along. I just got the... That's actually the same shot added, and they said that. That was the exact same scene from earlier. To add more time to this film. That's that's fucking terrible. <coughs> what, him running? Yeah, that was... You know. And then they went back to the hobble. <laughs> Here, feel my nuts. <laughs> I just got this... These fucking knees back... Fill my nuts, you bitch. Fill these nuts. Smell my leather. There it is. Yeah. Oh, Oh, yeah, she's dead. Yeah. Got a backstab. Hell yeah. That's awesome. Ronnie runs like fucking goddamn Luigi. Well, because he got fucking kicked in the nads. Yeah. <laughs> He's back in that chair. Look, give me the police. Ow, ow, ow. He's going to be like, Julie, you never got to smell my leather. She got straight up fucking, fucking backslash. Nice dead face. She had like her tongue hanging out. That's pretty good. Make sure you look extra dead. I'll be right back. My client's here. Somebody scream. Someone's trying to break it. He's gonna pin it on Horatio here. Yes. Yeah. I'll be here. Bye. He's licking the blood off. Nice. You forgot to clean off your Christ there. Well. How's it cut from there? The fuck? Hmm. This has actually turned out to be pretty good. Yeah. 
But two years, huh? That's really something. Huh. I don't know how we got away with it. Don't they check references at these schools? No. They will now. Hmm. That's the end. That's when I fucking keep him away from fat girls. <laughs> no, no, even better. No, hold on. That's that. That's the end when I don't let him use his phone. Yeah. He's just like, I, I need to get on Facebook. Uh, I yeah. have damn myself. Father. Turn, it turned it out to be pretty, pretty, pretty entertaining. Honestly, I wish we, I know it was used as a. You know, as like the the ending of it or whatever. Which hang on, we'll, we gotta get a uh, old uh, John and Don in here before we continue. If they're going to, I think this time they're gonna be drunk chucks because uh, they're probably not taking their time here. Mm. They're fucking drunking up the future. Thank you, Don and John, Tardy Brothers. Appreciate it. Uh, yeah, final thoughts. Very it dragged on quite a bit, but I think this film was meant to have like a the payoff at the end. It's pretty good. Yeah, like I. But I wish we now that now that that happened, I wish we would have seen more of just that actual preacher just killing people, like as the preacher. You know. Yeah, it would have been more fucked. Up. Him saying like biblical shit to him. Yeah. Don't like kick my nutsack. Yeah. <laughs> you have damned my nutsack to eternal damnation. But yeah, no, I thought the cross thing was pretty badass. Honestly, like the little cross knife, I yeah, that was interesting. And the fact that he wasn't a cripple. I mean, if they took all that away in like the Breakfast Club, fucking John Hughes' direction through most of this movie, and he looks right. like a pedophile priest. Right. And you never saw him again, or the other priest. And then they were probably both killed or something because they he took over their job. So right, you, there's a lot of things that just weren't really addressed in it, even though they tried to make a story out of it. Which I think is kind of disappointing, but overall, I think it paid off for the ending because it is pretty cool. Like the character, it's cool as shit. It's yeah. a good movie, and you know, I ended up really liking it. Honestly, there at the yeah, end, I think the ending is pretty cool. But yeah, it's it's good stuff. I want to thank the guys again uh, from uh, Devourment from doing the interview with me, and uh, yeah, it's awesome. Thank you guys for all. The it's time. a cool interview, and I hope you guys enjoy it. And uh, we'll try to get that up and out there. Yeah, and Obscure Majesty is out on Relapse Records, uh, streaming, physical, everything. Go pick it up. Go see those guys at a show. Uh, they're after those Texas shows. They're pretty much wrapped up. So, um, you know, just be on the lookout. They're for looking to set some around. stuff up for next year, I think. So yeah. you'll hear it in the interview. It's pretty cool, right? So just be on the lookout for Devourment coming around, and definitely uh, support Death Metal and 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 pick up some shit from them and buy some merch and check out the record. Spread it around. It's fucking raunchy as fuck and you know it's probably the best death album it's came out in a while and really enjoy it and hope you guys enjoy it and enjoy Doctor's interview with, with them and uh, you know thanks for sticking around thanks for following this film it was a little hard to do but we went through it and it was actually paid off pretty well so it had, we had a lot of fun with it yep um, but thank you guys for listening and supporting Phantasm as well uh, keep supporting death metal and horror and stay fucking gory <laughs>
is Dr. Vincent West for the Phantasm Podcast. I have one of my favorite bands, uh, Devourment, here today. And we have Brad and Chris. And I thank you guys so much for joining us. We appreciate you. Yeah, appreciate you. Yeah. And Obscene Majesty came out August 16th. It's one of the best albums came out this year. It's a fucking amazing follow-up. I love it. I thought Conceived in Sewage was fucking awesome. I can't believe Obscene Majesty is, is what it is. And uh, I was going to do track by track with you guys today of your new album. That's sweet. Awesome. Yeah, Let me get that pulled up here. And yeah, let's see here. All right. And we'll go with track one. And I'm going to probably say some of these names wrong because I'm... From the south and not incredibly agitated, so I'm gonna do (laughs) Uh, a virulent, virulent. I'm trying to say that right. Strain of retaliation. Uh, I think virulent is kind of what uh, the queen would would say. Yeah, virulent, 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 whatever. Virulent. Yeah, we we heard some creative versions of uh, how to say it. A viral strain. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Make it easy. Fucking whatever, man. <laughs> Some word. We're not judgmental. <laughs> and just you tell me about that track, you guys. Um, so that is yeah. Um, that's actually kind of the oldest track. Uh, on there, um, I wrote that uh, most mostly the way it's uh, ended up finished in like 2008. Um, it was originally intended to be part of the Unleashed the Carnival album, um, but it was like too late to put it in with those tracks. Um, so I was kind of sat on it for a long time, and uh, by the time Confusion Sewage came around, I wasn't really kind of active in the songwriting then, so. It's uh, skipped another album, and then <laughs> now uh, you know, coming up on being a guitar player, it's time to, to shut it down. Everyone's throwing again. Um, brought out the old demo, and it was uh, it was liked. Um, and then we got in the room and started playing it. I guess we're redoing some more parts again and, and uh, extending things out. Um, and then um, at the end there, it. Uh, I changed the first riff uh, just because the original first riff was more of a kind of noise thing um, and it was decided that uh, you know even though you can't really tell what the fuck's being played on the album anyway um, just decided to do something a little bit more grindcore than uh, ensure noise and uh, and then the, the song was uh, was done and Ruben came in and wrote lyrics to it it's a it's a great way to open the record. Uh, it's fucking nasty. I love it. Uh, it was the first song that I heard off of it, so I loved it. Uh, and then track two, uh, cognitive sedation butchery. Yeah. Uh, so we had a, a ghostwriter. Oh, <laughs> You know, somebody that we worked with for a bit, uh, for a couple of months, he brought in, I think this was like uh, probably the first song or one of the main songs that he brought in most, uh, most of the riffs or 
good part of the rest, but he never actually played any of the, the songs that he brought in fully himself, so he's kind of brought in the, like these, you know, makeshift parts and riffs and arrangements, and we kind of took them, and uh, me and Chris worked them out in the uh, jam room and just kind of constru- reconstructed everything. This was probably closest to what was originally intended, um, but um, yeah, it, it was a lot of tweaking and a lot of rewriting and a lot of additions uh, on Chris's part, riff-wise, and obviously with um, the drum arrangements and song arrangements. So yeah, we uh, it was a collaborative effort, but definitely at the end of the day, this was the one we felt strongly about and, and one that like me and Chris worked a really long time on kind of just taking these pieces that had been brought in and really making uh, you know a fully fleshed out song from. Yeah, we got a, a drum machine demo of uh, this track that I only listened to maybe once or twice. Uh, and then uh, we pretty much just kind of wrote the song uh, fresh based off of that. Um, it, it was provided by someone who like, didn't... <laughs> when we were getting in together in a room with them to be like, hey, it's a song, what's that play? Like, oh, how'd that go? I'm like, I don't know, you wrote it. <laughs> so... Um, yeah, kind of that. Yeah, but uh, you know, beyond that, um, I mean, it's a, I think it's a banger. Um, it's you know, there's not a whole lot of like tremolo picking, you know, like that kind of death metal, um, fast right hand, not palm muted picking uh, on a single note. Um, and this song has that right up front, which is cool. Um, and there's just uh, kind of a roller coaster of, of slam riffs beyond that. Uh, Shit. <laughs> yeah, like we think, right? It's, it's so heavy, and we—I think we worked on it for so long that it became like this, you know, really uh, intricate. There's a lot of pieces and a lot of parts that we rearranged, added to, and, and whatnot. So it kind of came out, you know, this really almost like epic, long, tech, you know, busy kind of song. But we felt um, strongly about how we uh, constructed the arrangement at the end of the day. And, That's a great song. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so that's an Easter egg for anyone out there that's listening to Cognitive. Try to find the, the massive inhale from Ruben. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, and then track... <laughs> 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 and then uh, track three, uh, Narcissistic uh, Paraphilia. Yeah. Um, just uh, 
like me coming in with a couple of riffs and then you know playing together and then another riff would make sense after that and, you know kind of uh, created a series of dots that were able to connect pretty well um, so that was the first one we started with and the first one we completed um, as, a, as a team since we reformed in 2014 and I think we had most of it um, and then um, we kind of stopped yeah we kind of had a hiatus for a while um, with personal stuff and then when we got back um, you know came back and maybe added a little bit more to it but uh, oh yeah I also changed the tuning of it too this <laughs> is originally written in, uh, in B um, if you're going to get technical and then we um, added another string to, uh, to what we were doing um, so I changed the, uh, a lot of the riffs from uh, the B tuning to being in the, uh, the Z flat tuning. Right. So we're in now. Cool. Is that, uh, yeah, I forgot. Is this one drop or is this one standard? It's uh, drop. It's drop, so it's E, Z, E, drop, Z, drop, Z, flat. Drop, Z, right drop, Z, top. <laughs> <laughs> Stop, drop, Z, Z, top. Yeah. <laughs> And then, and then, yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, track four arterial spray patterns. This one's not a drive. <laughs> no, it's in uh, standard eight string tuning, uh, half step down. Uh, it's only why, why, why sharp? Uh, <laughs> why? one of my favorite tracks. I really like it. Uh, uh, track Thank five, uh, Profane uh, Contagion. Um, yeah, this one's a riff fest. This one's kind of got like <laughs> uh, all of those. It's, um, it's the, it would be 
songs were not very creative at all. <laughs> yeah. Well, Jenny's not good. Is that true? <laughs> Hang in there. Hang in there is a good one. Hang, Hang in there is great. Yeah, would you like yeah. some if there, was a, if there was a song called Hang in there? Yeah, I don't. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> it sounds like a Journey song. <laughs> Exactly. So it's a buddy picture. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, contrast, brother. Profane Contagion, um, yeah. also known as Hang In There. <laughs> right. No, that was actually. No, that was a different thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> we, we don't want to identify them too specifically. Uh, yeah, yeah, we don't want to ruin the brain experience, everybody. Well, you can figure it out if you read the lyrics. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah um, Profane Contagion, I guess. Um, you know, again, I'll just come in and as a guitar player here, it's got some more like different types of riffs. I think as this album goes on, um, there's like little extra guitar stuff. It's not too crazy, but you know, it's kind of just pushing the envelope a little bit of what Devourment has done before. You know, because they're mostly uh, power chords or, you know, just palm muted, you know, like crunchy chords and, and so forth. And we're uh, like jumping around and um, kind of off-time riffs and weird, weird stuff. It's got a whammy pedal on it, which is uh, <laughs> new as well. <laughs> some some artificial dive bombing going on. Yeah, we definitely wanted to open up the, you know, explore the envelope and kind of use whatever kind of new techniques or styles or different things we wanted to bring in. And the only mandate was, like, we can use whatever we want within the confines of brutal death metal as long as whatever the end product is, is, you know, fits the devourment idea of just extreme brutality. Like, I don't care if you're playing chugs or slams or tremolo riffs. If it sounds heavy, if it sounds brutal, it sounds cool, then we're going to use it. It's, oh, you've outdone yourselves with that. this. This, Like I said, I don't think I've ever heard anything in a long time that, that I mean, it doesn't have a better, the title doesn't fit it. Probably even do it enough justice. It's it's it is it's a it's a masterpiece. It's nasty. I love it. I, Thank you. You're welcome. It's it's really really yeah. good. Uh, track six, uh, dysmorphic autophagia. Um, so this was this is one of the other uh, demos brought to us by Kevin that we kind of uh, just like at least me. I, I kind of I listened to him like once or twice, and then we got into the room. And, I think Brad kind of had an understanding of what the demo was. I had a vague understanding and, um, you know, pretty much just like rewrote and or, uh, yeah, kind of, kind of, you know, took the, took the idea and then kind of ran with it. Um, and we changed this one up a lot too in the, in the uh, studio as well. Um, cause we, Braxton actually had a lot of ideas on this one, um, for how to change up some of the jump parts and, and, uh, kind of make it flow a little bit different a little bit different like some of the uh, some of the ways the blast beats come out um, like Braxton's idea um, while we were yeah, tracking absolutely uh, he was definitely yeah. a fifth member in the studio as far as even constructing the songs and not just uh, twiddling the knobs <laughs> yeah um, I guess also Relapse thought that this would make a good single um, and then we didn't Agreed. What? What? The came business out. people. 
the money man. Yeah. Yeah, but no, it, it's still good. You know, we still are happy with it. Yeah, it's great. Uh, track seven, sculpted in tyranny. Uh, it's a long motherfucker, isn't it? It is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this one, uh, I guess, to get back to my lame ass theme of talking about how the songs are written, um, this is a bunch of my riffs that I put in like a like a a drive, like a group. And Kevin uh, arranged them into a demo. Uh, so. Uh, he kind of like arranged songs for, for my riffs and then we took them and ran with them and then changed them up a bunch and added a bunch of shit. Uh, this is another one that like the chart for it looked all over the place um, when we wrote out, you know, what riff was going where. Um, and it's just got like a bunch of weird different types of riffs. It's got like a, uh, like the one like super heavy breakdown that comes in um the joke almost like I thought that you know riff was like uh like it could be heavy but at the same time it was kind of ludicrous how simple it was but definitely in the context of the song it it works really well um and then there's more like uh like uh traditional death metal tremolo picking in here um there's a fucking black sabbath riff with a fade out um (laughs) There's uh, tons, of, tons of cool shit in here. Some odd time stuff. Yeah, some some two guitars uh, on each side doing different stuff. Oh, yeah, trade off um, stuff. Yeah, me trading off With myself. Yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, what about the... With two hands? <laughs> <laughs> what, about, what about the song title? Do you, do anything behind, meaning behind that? Um, yeah, that actually changed kind of at the last minute. That was a, yeah. something that we we kind of had to ask them if it was too late to do. Because um, it was originally Brazen Bull, or was that, was that yeah. the second to last? Yeah, um, well, I think that was it. Yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, it's about, um, it's about like that old medieval, like, torture device, I think, where they, uh, they put you in, like, an yeah. iron bowl. Oh, okay, Roman. All right. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, they, uh, they put you in the... They cook people. Yeah, they cook you, basically. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're into but, cooking people. But it's shaped like a bowl, because <laughs> Romans are fucking weird. Yeah, yeah, it was like some kind of crazy torture device that, that Ruben uh, discovered and told us about, and it was like, all right, that's pretty cool. It sounds like half, you know, kind of one of these fake myth, Greek myths or Roman myths or whatever, but apparently it was, it was a real thing that the, one of the pharaohs. One of the Caesars or whatever constructed, yeah, this big me- uh, metal bull statue that they would stick people inside and like light a fire under it, and they would just like roast alive inside this thing. It was kind of wacky. <laughs> and was it was originally what was it original? What were you guys going to call it originally? Brazen bull. Okay. Which when I first saw it, I thought it was like a reference to the Rock, you know, <laughs> the Brahma bull. <laughs> <laughs> and he's so and he's so brazen. Yeah. 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 Exactly. He's, he's so, it's so strident. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, damn, Ruben, cool. You're going to write a song about the rock? Hell yeah. Do it. Um, yeah, but then to uh, Sculpted in Tyranny, which is uh, a little bit bigger sounding. Um, yeah. A uh, little less subject to comedic interpretation. Yeah, um, exactly. Just Smackdown Hotel, you could have just done that. Oh, yeah. Well, that's the title of the next album. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
the end of Longer Street. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. The end of Jabroni yeah. Street at the Snack <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. That's correct. Perfect. All right. Track eight, uh, Xenoglossia. I tried to say that right. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how to say that either. Um, that's, a, that's a word that Ruben just dragged in from somewhere. Who knows where he found it. Um, yeah, Ruben's uh, smart. <laughs> he's smart. <laughs> yeah. um, he's spent a lot of time on these on these stuff, yeah. title. Sure. But actually, this is the one. Song, right? What? Yeah, it's the shortest one. It was one. the shortest one. Yeah. Yeah. And it actually did have um, additional parts added after. Like, this is this is actually the one that um, was most true to the and brought us. Um, this is the first yeah. one that he had, that he recorded and Brad, like, learned it um, pretty much exactly as it was yeah. done. And, uh, right. and it was real real straightforward process. We didn't really modify much. I mean, I changed some of the ways the guitars are played, um, but uh, for the most part, you know, it's like unchanged from what Kevin did, so. Um, yeah, that's what flushed out the drum beats and stuff, but yeah, arrangement-wise, that's why it's kind of it's short and to the point. It was like he said, it was just like the first one he brought us and it was just kind of like, all right, let's just do this one if you like it. It also, um, it has like the slam riff in this one um, was like the same as the one in cognitive sedation butchery, so we had to, we had to like sit there and figure out how to change one of them so they weren't the same breath. Uh, so that was a little, another little Easter egg if you want to uh, ruin one of the songs for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, short. Another, you know, a fun thing, a fun piece of trivia is that Edegrossia um, is shorter than the ending riff of Sculpted Interior. <laughs> like, oh wow! For that last, the fade out, the last, yeah, the fade out riff. Yeah, when it starts. Yeah, it, it goes longer than the entirety of the block. Yeah, that's Yeah. And then track nine, uh, modem sumorte. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, this one was one that I wrote kind of, I guess, later in the process. Um, I've been kicking around that main kind of slow riff for a while and thought it could sound real chunky and, and like development but kind of weirdly simple and like maybe a little like uh, more of like a I don't know how to put it but more of like a uh, mainstream style of metal or something I mean it ended up not sounding like that because of the way you play it but uh, yeah um, this also was one um, where I wrote the lyrics and then Ruby came in and, and uh, spruced them all up. Um, so I was able to claim a little writing credit here. Um, so the whole concept is your Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. yourself. But the, the, the play on the flipping the, the tables kind of thing. Uh, yeah. I think you're talking about the next one, right? Oh, the, the flipping oh, yeah. the. Yeah, the. the, the, the the first time this one was that it was um, it was all like uh, positive affirmations about how you should like persist in what you're trying to do. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that you might want to hang in there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> Don't stop hanging in there. That was a great journey once. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The whole thing was about that cat that poster hanging there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then track 10, uh, Truculent Antipathy. 
Oh, no, no, I said that. I'm right. sure we're done. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, that's, the, that's the one we're currently getting shit for on uh, social media. This is the most controversial song we ever made. Literally, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, musically, this is actually, like, two of my old songs. Like, this is also back from, like, the 2008 or nine kind of era. Uh, where I was uh, on that show. Um, and it never made it to those albums. Um, and there were two songs that I was trying to get on this one, and I think Brad was just kind of like lukewarm on them. So I figured out a way to take out some of the fat and just like shove two of them together. Yeah. That's what this ended up being. Um, it's got uh, it's got some cool, like it's got a chord in it that I don't think we ever used in development before. <laughs> um, so we're really branching out. Yeah. Um, J minor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, 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 be like the cliched environment uh, protagonist and go out and rape someone he ends up killed his ass and uh, um, we did uh, yeah so yeah we just um, someone from uh, Kerrang recently contacted us because he had I guess been aware of the subject of the song and then some other bands that were doing similar things he put together an article um, about like misogyny and death metal and how some bands are uh, kind of addressing that going the other way on it um, and that got published and uh, a lot of were uh, upset and they think they're trying to take their guns away they're, they think they're yeah, trying to take <laughs> no no you can't take their rights trying to tell them what to do yeah we're taking away the free speech by, by writing a song <laughs> so, so on social media, you guys became the anti Ted Nugent. Um, is that, that true? Like, no, I don't. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. I'm, I mean, I've I, always been anti Ted Nugent. I only like guitar playing. Who's the Wango Tango? Come on, that's terrible. Can't scratch me ruining a joke of a song. Stranglehold's fucking great though. Stranglehold's okay, but only like yeah. a solo at the end, I think. It's just the whole thing. The whole thing. We're doing the Tunisian way too much airtime. Yeah, we are. Huge. Okay. Um, I'm trying to wrap my head around that. Are you anti Tunisian? Like, is that true? How, how do you mean? Like, that he's like the right wing. Well, that, right, that you, that you didn't, you know, that you're not, you know, pro Trump, pro Republican, pro gun. You know. We keep uh, our politics out of our music. Oh, I was just asking if you were getting attacked for, for going up against those top people on social media uh, with yeah. that song. Is is that what that article portrayed it as or something? Or? Uh, that's a tough one. I mean, I don't know. It's obviously all in the context of you know, the current environment of you know, Me Too and sure. woke culture and all this other stuff. Yeah, so it's definitely in that conversation, so it's going to get shit on and sure. you know love for that same reason but 
And also, I think most of the bands in that article, Us, Die Art is Murder, Vulvadynia, a couple other bands, Men in Prison, are just saying, you know, that's just not where we're at right now, so we'd like to sing about other things, frankly, uh, that aren't about that. Because it's kind of, you get pigeonholed and it's kind of pointless, and, and 20 years ago it was shocking and cool and edgy, but now it's kind of just lazy and played out, and you're like, eh. And no one I know of is like going, oh, because I'm scared people are going to call us out and it's PC, you know. No, no, it's just an organic uh, thing. You know, some bands evolve, some don't, whatever. That's musically, I think we've changed. And artistically, lyrically, I think we've changed. So why not uh, address it if it's, you know, pertinent? Right. So we did. We just, we just gave our truth about it. No, we're not succumbing to any kind of outside pressure. We're already going to do what we're going to do. And everyone should do what they want to do. Um, but that's just not what we want to do anymore. And so, that's it. That's I think I mean. it's fucking cool, man. You guys do your own thing. Yeah. I mean, once you get past, you know, the online trolls, which is going to happen, um, you know what, though? The Clintons did it. Here's, here's <laughs> the funny thing about you can't make those yeah. people happy. You know, those are the same people, because I play, like, sports right. video games. They're the same people that leave a sports video game when you're beating them. It's oh, just yeah. like, you know, whatever. Exactly. Uh, yeah, all that stuff. I mean, they're always going to be there. And, like, yeah, you just got to either go, I give a shit or I don't give a shit. And we don't give a shit. So we're, we're going to do what we're going to do. Fuck yeah. And people are going to re- respond to it. And, you know, that's, that's the only way anyone, I think, has ever been successful in anything, music or whatever... And that's what we do with the development as, as a musical idea. Is like if we were trying to please anyone other than ourselves, the uh, development would never have existed. Sure. To begin with. So um, that's going to carry over into our, our lyrical approach as well. And let me ask you guys do you guys mind doing a, a history of the band for me? For our listeners that don't know <laughs> where Devourment came from? I read five pages of Wikipedia? Yeah, yeah. No, you know, from you guys. Yeah, no, it's confusing shit, and it's something we get asked about, and people still are, you know, confused about it, which you totally understand. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We can, we can do that. Just good, because it gives us a good opportunity to make fun of people, you know, like... Yes. Like, hey, tell your singer Mike that uh, I love him, and we're like, dude, we don't have a singer Mike. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have a singer Mike since 2013. Yeah. <laughs> but for the support... Yeah, so the band started in uh, 1995 with, uh, <laughs> actually this is uh, this is a bad thing right here. No, you should tell my story. Oh, uh, well, um, I don't have the Wikipedia article in front of me. There you go. No, I'm not Yeah, you know, you know, yeah. everyone does that. Besides, we were fucking huge, right? So. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> no, sorry, I didn't mean to Go ahead. Oh. Uh, okay. Yeah, Brad. Yeah, Brad started the band. I did start the band. I came up with the Brad name. Baby. And I came up with the idea of just creating, you know, an extreme, the most extreme, heavy, death, brutal, slam, whatever band that I could. Because all my favorite bands at the time were, were new at the time, like Dying Fetus, Trump League, Suffocation, you know, mid-90s, whatever, sure. early mid-90s. And it was the most extreme stuff, you know, Campbell Corpse at the time, staying pushing boundaries. And uh, I always, you know, loved pieces of all those bands, but I never loved, like, a whole album or a whole band, per se. So sure. I was like, I want to make my, my own version of that, where it's, like, all the parts that I love 
minus all the what I felt were like filler or bullshit parts or just, you know, space filler, basically. Uh, mostly skank beats, but. Uh, <laughs> so, I love skank beats. Yeah. I, I love skank beats, but I love them when Slayer plays them and stuff, out, but not when we play them. <laughs> yeah. And um, so, yeah, there was never like an idea of slam or whatever. That wasn't an idea. It just, you know, I always gravitated towards the groove and heavier parts and whatever. So that's what happened there. And then I met, uh, you know, Brain and Wayne and. We just were like-minded. Once we got in the room together, we were like, "Yeah, this this idea of us playing this kind of music is, you know, something interesting and different. It obviously built on all that stuff, but it wasn't that stuff. So we thought we were, you know, unique enough, different enough, and we were doing it well enough that we could do something with this. And then we start playing out, and people start responding to it, and uh, you know, half of you surprise. You, you never know how anything's going to get taken, especially back then. Extreme metal was, you know. Literally underground back then. Now it's and nothing's underground because social media and the internet. Are sure. Close, but um, yeah, so that was it. We did it. We did the album, did demos, and just kind of you know kind of built up from there. And then once we put it out, molesting, I said sayonara because we were just kind of at each other's throats by that point. And just you know the typical personal baloney. So uh, I quit, and then I guess the band kind of tried to restart a few times in the early 2000s until Mike really got a hold of the reins and was like 2003, 2004 or something like that. And then he uh, took over and kind of just remade the band the way he wanted with him as a singer and, and got the other guys. And that's where Chris and, and Eric and uh, Ruben came back in on guitar. And that's where Chris can take it over probably. Yeah, yeah so when did Baby Killer happen? Actually, uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's kind of an interesting thing. Honestly, okay, so we'd broken up like, what, 99 or 2000, something like that. And what happened was, I can't remember if it was Hound or somebody, I think it was Dootsky, came with the idea for us to put out a compilation record of MTD and the demos. And Hound or somebody had the idea, let's do one song uh, together as this new, with all the reformed members except for Brain, because we all hated Brain. <laughs> <laughs> so... Yeah, that's, I mean, that's why I quit, and that's why I presume everyone else quits, because we couldn't get along with Brain after a while. Um, so we did. We got back in a room, and we were going, all right, let's do a song. What do you got? And then Mike um, kind of came up with this really basic idea for a song that we fleshed out in the studio. Um, and we obviously, from day one, I think he already had the idea to call it Baby Killer, because that was the one thing we all kind of ripped our brain about when we were in the original development, because um, we had the lyrical... The kind of idea of like, okay, we want to be as extreme and you know, sing about all this gross stuff. But he had the rule that you could, we could do anything we wanted lyrically, except for talking about killing babies. <laughs> Literally, what he said. So we just laughed our asses off. But he was dead serious because he was like a nineteen, twenty-year-old kid. But he had a kid. But he had a kid. So I understood. What he was so I got where he's coming from, but he was still kind of silly to us. So when we came back, we were like, it was kind of a big fu to brain, uh, calling it baby killer. Yeah, <laughs> which is petty and stupid to begin with, but whatever. And then, yeah, we just wrote that song, slapped it, and recorded the one song that we got together for that one thing, and that was it. Put, we put it on a compilation called 138, came out, and it was like, everyone lost their mind over it. And I was like, are you kidding? Really? It was like the most basic, simple thing we ever did. And it was almost kind of half-assed as a joke. Right. And now it's like our signature song, unfortunately. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah that's what happened that and so that was a one off and I just quit I, you know, I didn't quit we were just like alright that was thanks bye guys we're done um, and then yeah that's that's where the baby killer kind of just came out of 
the ether and, and disappeared. And then uh, Mike, like I said, Mike took, kind of took over and said, all right, I'm going to reform this band properly. Yeah, so uh, in like 2000, well, Ruben did a uh, reformation uh, yeah. and played the first Maryland Death Fest. I think that was 2003 or something. Um, and then that fizzled out. They did a, another stupid song called Kill That Fucking Bitch. Um, and then, uh, and then it fell apart again. And then Wayne, uh, Mike and Ruben, I think were collaborating about restarting. Um, I think they approached Brad and he still wasn't interested at that time. Um, and then they actually approached me about doing drums, um, cause I, uh, was a, a fast drummer around that time. And I was going to join the band on drums and then my current band, um, for some reason had a problem with it. Um, at the last minute, didn't make any sense to me. I thought that would help promote uh, the smaller band, but they're like, "No, we don't want to be affiliated with Real Death Metal or something." Whatever they're thinking. Um, so I was young, and I didn't want to make like enemies out of people who were friends. So I just uh, withdrew from the situation. And then they got Eric uh, Park um, to play drums, and they wrote Push of the Week. They recorded it, self-produced it. Um, released it. It was it was pretty good. Uh, did well for them for a self released album. Um, and then it came came the time for uh, them to play some shows. Um, so they approached me again about playing bass. Um, and I just wanted to be in the band, so I came back or came in for the first time on bass. Um, and then they proceeded to not like uh, the the bush of the week they did. So we went and re recorded it. Um, and then. Uh, did a bunch of kick-ass shows. Uh, did Omisha Carnivore. Uh, shows getting pretty big. Relapse approached us in like 2008. They're like, hey, we're, uh, we're Relapse. We're looking at you guys. And we're like, fuck yeah. Let's, uh, let's go and Relapse. Um, and then uh, we uh, signed with them. Uh, took us a, a while to, uh, to write Conceived in Sewage. Um, I actually... Uh, kind of left the band, came back a couple of times in that time period, but luckily they were inactive enough to where it didn't look like I wanted to quit or anything. Um, and then we, uh, we did Conceived in Sewage in Florida. Um, that was cool. It was a nice, like, summer vacation kind of field trip thing. Going to Tampa to make an album. Um, I have a question for you about that real quick, pro. if you don't mind. Yeah. Okay. Eric told me... I had a shirt on when I was interviewing him. I hate eternal shirt. And he said a member of your band or former member of your band, I'm not sure which of you did it, made the shirt I was wearing. It uh, uh, would probably be Mike because he's an he's a artist, graphic designer. Okay. But I'm not familiar with him doing any hate eternal artwork. Um, I don't know. But, yeah, if, if I had to guess, I mean, I think he's the only one who, like, designed shirts. Oh, okay. Uh, I was just curious because I didn't. I wasn't brain, sure. Uh, I wasn't sure did, what he was talking about. Did Brain about. make a hate eternal shirt? Or, uh, <laughs> brain, brain does love making shirts. But, no, I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> did, he, did he make like the, the Kings of Slam hate eternal edition or something? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. He put the Kings of Slam on every record, no matter who. <laughs> did you like yeah. working with Eric? Uh, yeah, he was awesome. Um, it was, it, I mean, it was extra cool too, you know, because I'm a fan of his work. Um, you know, I like hate eternal a lot. Definitely you know, geeked out at like the ripping corpse and his affiliation with Morbid Angel and all that too. Um, it's really cool. Like one time we were in the studio, he picked up a guitar and started playing a ripping corpse wrist. And that was badass. 
he also had the guitar um, that was on the, the back cover of Domination, like uh, oh, a yeah. picture of him playing that Explorer. He had it on the wall. So I just went over one time and fondled it just because it was there. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> took, took a photo with my hand around the neck. Um, yeah, uh, he was cool. He, he, he lent me his bicycle, too. <laughs> so one time I got to ride around uh, Tampa on his, on his bike. That's I had cool. like fireworks so I was off the shit. It was, yeah, it was, a, it was a good time. Um, and uh, it went real smoothly. Um, it was kind of funny. Like Eric um, just got on Ruben's ass a lot and made him, <laughs> made him like retract stuff. And it was almost like a drill sergeant kind of thing. But <laughs> then kind of like telling Ruben to go back and do it better a lot. Um, Did you like that on any, any of the other instruments or just the guitar? I, well, I didn't see I didn't see the drum tracking. Um, and right. he, they didn't give a shit with bass. Like, actually, I didn't record with him. I recorded with, uh, um, I think mean, Brian was his, uh, like, co-producer or something. Um, right. Yeah, his engineer. Like, I went to the B studio for the bass. Um, yeah, that, I was surprised. I was just kind of like, are you sure? Like, do I need to do another take? Like, no, it's good. It's <laughs> bass. <laughs> fine. Well, I'm going to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, you know, we did Conceived in Sewage. I think we, I think we did a couple more shows um, after that, um, which were kind of lackluster, kind of weird, um, weird vibes. I guess around that time, I mean, now in hindsight, it all seems like nothing. But around that time, um, we we're kind of not getting along um, personally as a band. Um, mainly, I mean, not to point fingers, but you know, it was mainly like Mike not getting along um, with some of us. And, it, you know, again, in hindsight, like, I couldn't even tell you why, because it's kind of like subtle shit, but... Um, right. Uh, basically, we, we had a pretty big tour um, with Dying Fetus scheduled in 2013, and, like, a month or two before, um, Ruben had just had enough of the way things worked and said he was out, he couldn't do it. Um, and then Eric basically said, like, I'm glad you quit, because I was going to do the same thing. Um and then, so it was kind of just left down to me and Mike um, for a little bit, and we would we would get together and talk about you know what we were going to do in the future. Um, it kind of you know it was wasn't a whole lot of direction, um, actual direction going on. Um, and then in the summer of uh, 2014, or I guess the spring thereabout. Um, we got approached about doing Summer Slaughter that year, uh-huh. um, which didn't end up happening, but it was still uh, fortuitous that they had asked us because um, they emailed Mike about it, and then Mike emailed me and said, hey, I know this is a, a big opportunity. Um, you know, I don't want to just decline it because I can't do it. I guess he had just gotten a new job or something, so he, he didn't want to take off time from, uh, from work to do that. But, uh, you know, he said, hey, you can, you can do this if you, uh, you know, if you find a lineup. Uh, to go out and do it with. My thinking has always been, you know, I think it's weird when you see a band and it's just like people you don't recognize, like just brand new people. I mean, even though I've been that person before. Right. Um, you know, my, my thinking was that, you know, if I'm going to put together people to go out on the road with Devourment, it's got to be like people who are from Devourment. Um, so I contacted everyone who I had, had known pretty much from the history. I hadn't met Kevin or Brain yet by that point. Um, but, uh, contacted uh, Brad and Ruben and Eric um, who were pretty much the only people from the lineage that I knew how to get in touch with and uh, Brad and Ruben were 
interested. Um, originally, I, thought, I was thinking, you know, Ruben would just come back on his car and jam bass. Um, but then, like a week or so after I talked to him, you know, Ruben was like, what do you think about me doing vocals? He had, I think he had sold his guitar equipment or something. Um, I was like, well, shit, that's the greatest idea I've ever heard. <laughs> he's, a, you know, he's a phenomenal vocalist. I don't think we can have found anyone um, to fill that role. We would have done it as well as him. Right. And, uh, and I really chomped at the bit as well for that because I'm really a guitar player. Um, and, you know, that gave me an opportunity to uh, stop stop that bass shit and pick up a, <laughs> a goddamn real Guys, talk about the. No, no, no. You go ahead. I was just say, yeah, like all that time, and like you say, we did like I think pretty much just focus all of last year uh, creatively on writing. Whereas you know, we like you said, we kind of were off and on the previous few years just because of our schedules and shows and everything else. And 
yeah, I think it was, it was both the process of one of writing an album concurrently with us finding our like footing with each other and our schedules and getting everything to work out perfectly. But I think we're finally we got to a place where we know how to work that to our advantage now, and things should be going. Things are going faster than they were, you know, creatively and, and show wise, and kind of just scheduling everything and knowing what we're going to do and what we're working on, as well as finding our like you know creative um, kind of singularity of, of me and Chris specifically writing together in a room. Um, so like, I think he's already got a couple new songs we're going to start working on pretty soon. And, but yeah, like if we hadn't taken all this time, I think if the album come out a year or two ago, it would sound completely different. It wouldn't sound like the way it does today. And I'm glad we did take all that time. And Chris is, is definitely a perfectionist, and I am too. And I think that was one of the, you know, one, it was the difficulty you know, take, make things take longer, but also ultimately garnered a, a better product that we're much happier with. So it was ultimately worth it. I think. What yeah, I was going to tell we kind of delayed a while. Oh, no, no, no. Sorry, go ahead. You're good. You're good. Oh yeah. Well, I was going to say it was also good that we delayed a while because it led us to having Braxton produce it. Um, we were kicking around some ideas with other producers, and uh, I it didn't make sense. I thought. Uh, you know, another thing, like, was before in the lineup, like, I, I wanted a producer that made sense, you know, from, like, a uh, wisest guy in his role standpoint. And sure. With Braxton, it definitely made sense because, you know, he was a founding member of the band and had been in and out uh, throughout the history. Um, you know, hadn't really done a lot of work, at least that I'm familiar with, in a while. Um, so, you know, kind of, it was cool to see him kind of return to uh, his death metal as well. And, uh, we actually knew that Braxton was the right guy um, when <laughs> Brad and I had kind of independently been talking about how Corn's uh, Untouchable was one of the heaviest albums <laughs> on the planet. Um, shout out to New Metal. And uh, <laughs> Braxton actually kind of uh, on his own just said the same thing to Brad. Um, and then we're just like, well, shit, yeah, we're, we're just all on the same page. Like, uh, the right guy. Practically. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and he definitely brought a lot of uh, a lot of stuff that I don't think another you know like conventional death metal producer would have done. I mean, he he was on board with not having a click track, so there's no you know like metronome going on here. It's it's like all feel and and you know we we kind of get a little bit of sloppy. Yeah, because I think that sounds heavier, you know, than yeah the human element back into to death metal. Sure. Yeah. Well, I, I can't tell you. It's the production's great. I love listening to it on headphones. It's crazy. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. We knew, we knew it was controversial, and you know, we were taking a different, uh, like a completely 180 degree tack from modern metal and modern death metal bands. How, how their production going with you know sound replacements and the pro tooling and everything, and that's great. But that's just not what we ever heard for our band. So we wanted to, you know, just go back to the old school style of like, all right, if, you know, if this is how we play it, it's how we play it, and that's how you're going to hear it. So it's not going to be corrected or fixed or changed or anything. The drum, the sounds coming from my drums, or the sounds coming from my drums, they're not coming from a, a computer uh, brain somewhere. And if I'm, you know, lagging on a blast beat, you know, by a millisecond, you're going to hear that. So. And we just had to be okay with it, and we were totally happy with the the outcome. And you know, it's 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 kind of foreign to a lot of modern metal listener ears, so not everyone loves it. That's totally great. That's totally fine. 
but um, they seem to be overall seem to be a, a pretty positive reaction um, in terms of that you know production and how we approached it. I tell you, I I think the best way for me to describe it as, as a fan is what Matt Harvey told me when he did that expulsion record with the Repulsion Cat. I can't think of his name right now. We had him on the podcast. I feel bad right now. I can't think of that dude's name, the guitar player. But he said you can't... What's that? I don't know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Repulsion. Was it Matt or Rivia or something? It was, yes. And and he said the best quote when I had him on, and I feel bad, I just couldn't remember, but, but it was a killer quote. He was like, you can't write old school unless you're old school. And you guys did something, I think, that's groundbreaking with that record, because the production's fucking crazy. Like I said, when I listen to it on headphones, it sounds totally different when I'm listening to it in the car, and I still rock CDs, so everybody makes fun of me that I know. But anyway, but I listen to this stuff, and it's, like, it's crazy, because it just sounds... It's two total different listening experiences, listening to it on headphones, listening to it on CD. And I love it. And I love that it's you guys are completely unapologetic about it. It just is what it is. And it's I think it's really cool. But Yeah, thank you. Yeah. I mean, it's so thick and noisy that it is kind of challenging um, if you're not listening to it on, on the best right. quality device that you have. Like, headphones is definitely one of the only ways you can hear some of the guitar parts. Um, and the, the licks that I'm playing because uh, you know if you play play it in like a boombox or something it's just uh, you know a, a big thick wall sound which is kind of what we like too I mean to me it's more about the sound than like you know being uh, you know four musicians and like oh you, you gotta be able to hear exactly what we're doing very clearly I'd rather have something that's just crushing and in your face at the expense of clarity than I hadn't thought of before was like yeah we we always favored like Chris was saying heavier versus clean uh, at the end of the day but like it also kind of forces you to kind of discover the songs on your own where we're not like holding your hand and like telling you oh here's the super fast part or here's this part sure. or something you it's you know it's over multiple listens maybe you're you're kind of taking more things out of it you go alright now I've heard a couple comments to that effect like somebody saying I didn't I didn't like it at first but the more I listen to it the more I understand what they're doing with the songs and the more I'm able to hear those parts um, so it's kind of a maybe a different experience that way too which I think is kind of cool I mean to me what it sounds like to me like my co-host asked me what I thought of it but you know uh-huh. and and I'm like, I love it. It. I was like, they're from, you know, Texas. It sounds like they literally recorded it covered in, like, literally submerged in oil. Like, it's, I love it. I mean, it's crazy sounding. And he saw you guys at Maryland uh, Death Fest and loved it. And, you know, so it's, uh, it's, it's, it's just a beautiful record, man. It really is. I, I fucking th- can't think enough of it. Like, it's, I have a lot of anger issues, so I like listening to it quite a bit. But um, it's great. It's, uh, you know, it, it really is, and it's, uh, I was, it's funny when you had mentioned the, the, the Summer Slaughter Tour, I would have loved to have seen you guys on that, I think that tour kind of went the wrong way, you know, and, and it, speaking of which, tour, do you guys have tour plans for the U.S. Or, or Europe or anything you'd like to talk about, or? Nothing yet, we're, we're just trying to figure it out, really, at this point, um, we've got some offers, uh, that uh, we're, yeah. we're trying to figure out if they work uh, with our schedules. And, yeah. Um, yeah. All we have at this point is uh, Huh? Wait, go ahead. Sorry. No. <laughs> I was just going to 
like on Earth or Darkest Hour or not, but just throwing it out there. Uh, do we do we have like live feedback or? I'd love to see you guys anywhere in the south. I'm in Atlanta a lot. If you guys are ever down that way, you know, I live in Florida, but my mom's up that way, so I do a lot of my interviews up there. If you guys are anywhere near there, I'm all about it. I've never got to see you guys, so. It amazes me, actually, what kind of death metal fan base is there. It's like um, I went back in June. Because I had them on the podcast, I'd never got to actually hang out with them in person. I went and saw Gorgasm down there because they had never played Atlanta, and um, it was awesome. You know, it's just fucking cool because I I never thought I would get to hang out with those dudes, and they're super great guys. And Anthony was leaving the band; he was the one I was friends with, the bass player. And then, uh, but yeah, you know, so it's a great place to play death metal, man. It's very popular there. Um, yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, and it's. It's in a different. It's in a different area of town, uh, and it's got all these different levels to it. You go down these stairs. It's totally different, but it's still cool. I'm just glad it still exists. Because man, I, my mom was from Atlanta, so I saw so many shows there growing up as a kid in the in the old one, you know. And so I was just gonna say the first two death metal shows I ever saw were at the Masquerade in Atlanta. I went. I graduated high school in Warner Robins, Georgia. Unfortunately. So, um, yeah, like, the first death metal show I ever saw was Death on the um, Individual Thought Patterns Tour at Masquerade. I was at that, that show. <laughs> Were you really? Yeah. Holy crap, dude. We crashed that. Okay, and then the second show was Morbid Angel, which is like a couple months later. Uh, for the, uh, do- uh, not Domination, for uh, Covenant. I was at that as well. With, yeah. Was Crowbar with him? Yes. Yep, I was at that. Yeah. Yep. They had like the candles on stage and yep. they were wearing all black camel pants and shit. Oh, yeah. That was like, when I saw that, that was it. I was going to play death metal from then on. That was like the, definitely a turning point for the, you know, for my journey into death metal. That was an amazing show, by the way. Oh, man, you know, for me it was... I remember I was staying because my parents were separated and before we moved to Florida because I went back and forth between Georgia and Florida with my mom for her job and... Mm-hmm. 
I, I saw the first death metal show I ever saw was Diasod on the uh, Legion tour, and that literally changed my life. Like I, I remember, and this is, and I don't mean this. I, I tell people this story a lot when I have them on the podcast, and I think some people get pissed about it. But I, I don't mean it disrespectfully. It's just the truth. I literally remember taking all my thrash stuff and just getting rid of it. I was like, I'm done. Like I'm, I found what I wanted because I wanted some. I never felt like thrash was really getting the job done for me. So that that exactly. tour changed my life. You know, like I was like, wow, that's crazy. Um, but yeah, that was the same for me because I was a total thrash head, testament and Megadeth, and yeah, I was like listening to Sacred Reich, and I would go to, I went to that Mormon Angel show, and I was like, fuck all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's life changing. <laughs> it's. It is. It was absolutely epic, and then I just had to have the next, you know, go on to listen to every fucking death metal record. Oh, yeah, it's, um, but yeah, I would love to see you guys have ever head down that way. I've never, I've never been to Maryland. I used to go to, uh, oh, what was it before, when it was Milwaukee, I used to go to that. Um, yeah. But I've never done the Maryland thing. I've, I've just never done it. It's pretty um, awesome. It's pretty awesome. It seems cool. It's just it's 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 almost for me per I'm sure it's awesome playing it as a band, but for me as a listener, there's too much other genre stuff there for me and I'm kind of a snob about what I listen to, so Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you're not open to listening to everything. I'm not and I I don't do the I don't do the, the sludge and the stoner stuff. I don't do any of that right. shit, so that's not my thing, but you know. Some of it it's like the majority of it's like oh, it's fucking awesome and the rest of it's like, eh, I don't wanna see that. But Yeah. My co-host gives me enough shit about that. That's okay, but but yeah, man, I I can't thank you guys for doing this. It's fucking awesome. Uh, I've seen Majesties available now through Relapse Records. It's fucking awesome. I've got the vinyl. I've got the CD. Buy the vinyl. Buy the CD. It's fucking awesome. Um, picked up the shorts from Relapse.com. It's fucking awesome. Uh, but yeah, I love it. And uh, I the artwork, everything about the record, man. You guys have put out a fucking fantastic masterpiece of death metal. I fucking love it. I can't get enough of it. Huge, man. Huge compliment. Really appreciate you. Well, no, man. Thank you, guys. I appreciate y'all taking the time to do this with me today. It means a lot. Uh, and I know our listeners are going to love to hear it. So I really, really, really appreciate it. Oh, yeah. I got to ask you guys one last thing before I let you go. Huh? Where did the ski mask thing come from? Because it's awesome. Because I'm a huge fan of the movie Maniac, and it, when I first saw that, I was like, "That's fucking awesome." <laughs> yeah, I wish I could say it was tied to Maniac. Um, actually, just uh, started wearing that horse mask because uh, it was it kind of fit, and then that mask, uh, and then I just started wearing like whatever I had around the house. So <laughs> uh, I love it. And just yeah. a mask junkie. Yeah, um, I'm a mask junkie. Um, so yeah, there's been a ski mask, there's been a, a hockey goalie mask, um, a uh, John Cena. Yeah, John Cena mask. That's awesome. That's, uh, yeah, it is. That's a fantastic mask. It, it, it's like three times bigger than the normal human head, but it, it's a, it kind of looks like a human being, but it has like two eyes. So it's really fucking creepy. I'm shuddering. That's great. Guys, thank you so much for doing this. Uh, like, when I get done with it, if you guys will put it on the page, that'd be fucking awesome. Yeah, man, sure, sure. Tossed on your Facebook page. But yeah, any, anything, man, I'm a huge fan. Thank you so much for doing this. It was my album of the month for August. I fucking love it. Uh, just a precursor to this, if you care, it's my album of the year. I fucking think the thing is brilliant. I, I, I can't get enough of it. I, there's, there's two records this year. 
Yours is still first. I love the new Possessed record. If you haven't checked it out, I think it's fucking fantastic. I have. Didn't know there was, uh, I have to check it out. So I get that. Yeah. It's it is really good. Yeah, it is. It's it's really cool. Uh, but anyway, but guys, thank you so much for doing this. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day and weekend and whatnot. And thank you for taking the time to do this with us today. I appreciate it. No problem, man. Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate it. Take care. Have a fantastic day. I will try to do that. <laughs> I will do that. You guys take care.